Hello there, you lovely listener. It's your old pal Kevin, the host of the Attitude Hour podcast. The very podcast you've just done a download of and are about to do a listen of the new episode of. Just reminding you guys that if you want access to exclusive content, including show notes from all previous episodes, Q&A episodes with my bad self, and the Smackdown Crawl, a new series where me and Adam review all of Smackdown, starting all the way back in 1999 and moving forward, you can get access to all that and much more by becoming our backer on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. Become our backer. There's a variety of rewards and content available. So if you want to support the Attitude Podcast, help make it possible, and send a few dollars Adam Billy and Kevin's way, you can by heading over to Patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. Thanks so much to everyone who's already become a backer. But for now, enjoy this new episode of the Attitude Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast, Bono 1000 episode special edition. Can you believe it, Billy? 1000 years of the Attitude Era podcast, celebrating here tonight with a look at Raw 1000. You know, the big Kibowski and Raw 1000 have two major things in common. We both feel longer than we actually are, and we're both incredibly disappointing. (laughs) You know... This show fucking sucks. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Raw 1000, I mean, uh, straight away, I mean, Raw 1000 was ringing alarm bells with me because everyone was telling us that we had to review it. And by and large, when everyone collectively, the Gladiator community is like, oh, you should review this, chances are, because like, oh yeah, because maybe they'll lose their fucking minds and yeah. realize this is like the scariest thing. I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, doing all this 2012, 2013, 13 shit. How the fuck can you be nostalgic for four years ago? Yeah. And we have! It's yeah. so weird! I remember this being good at the time. I remember, I remember us really enjoying this. this. Yeah, this was like a total, like, this was the type of thing where all we were all like loving wrestling so much that yeah. we were like, let's do a podcast because we love wrestling so much at this moment in time. What the fuck were we thinking? I don't even know. <laughs> we were, what the fuck is this? Because it happened with WrestleMania 28. I was like, this this was awesome. This was totally awesome. Then like Raw 1000, I remember loving. I remember watching it live. Yeah, I think I did too. And then just coming back and watching this again. My God, things have changed in this company so much in the last yeah, four it's, years. Yeah, it's actually incredible when you think about it, what's yeah. happened. So this is Raw 1000. This is where all this three-hour shit started. They had done one-off special versions of Raw here and there. Mm. where you had your full three hours but this was the first like right we're a permanent move to three hours from now on now seeing as we are two blokes talking about wrestling and raw now we have to weigh in hang on everyone it's 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 time okay you ready for a debate of the century man keeble about to debate the most pressing issue and one that's not really been looked at 
I it, mm. Should Raw be three hours that too long? I don't think it's long enough. Hot <laughs> <laughs> take for the people over here, like. No, it doesn't need to be fucking three hours, especially when it's full of, like, so much fucking dross and filler. Yeah, I mean, Raw doesn't need to be three hours, but yeah. you know what? The Raw does need to be financially viable. Yeah. So there you go. It's going to be... That's 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 the reason you there, wrestling fanatic of the ever-decreasing wrestling fan base becoming increasingly fanatical. You're the reason this is happening <laughs> with, your, with your love of content. You've devalued Raw to the point where we, it's Argentina's currency all over again. Yeah. So Raw's three hours and it has been for the last few years. And I don't think I've been able to sit through three hours of Raw I like tolerate it ever since. I think the only time I think I've watched Raw live and sat through the whole three hours was when I was literally in the room <laughs> when I was in London watching it live. I mean, if you can see it live every week, those three hours they breeze by because yeah. it, it's like an experience. Yeah. You know, it's a tactile. It's great. You but know? yeah, I've, I'm very much a uh, stream the day after sort of person. Yes, and you know what, Billy? I know you had some hot takes there. I'm gonna lay down a hot take as well, right? Raw should be two hours long, mm-hmm. right? And hang on a second here, all right? Everyone wrestling online world, just listen, okay? This is important, independently thought mm. of idea. There should be more matches and less talking as well. That's okay, yes. yeah? Yes. Boom! Same wrestling I, industry. I also think there should be actually allotted time for advertisements, not just as soon as the bell is rung and you get a fucking five minute advert and then come back to fucking Miz putting someone in a chokehold. What's going what, on here? I, Where's the story? I'll tell you what as well. You should win things for watching as yeah. well. They should give you prizes. And you shouldn't have adverts then come back and have a fucking live action, <laughs> a live advert of fucking Jerry Lawler talking about getting some fucking soda. Don't fucking do that, you cretins. Brett screwed Brett. I have no sympathy whatsoever for Brett. I've lost a lot of things, and one of them has been my smile. The MRI showed that uh, that I have to retire. I want to thank you for the memories. Somewhere Eddie's going to be looking down on this night, proud that all the guys went out there and put on a show for him. He would have wanted the show that has been in his family his entire life to go on. Monday Night Raw, the longest running episodic TV show in history. We had a very, very peculiar start to this. You've got the weird proto version of the current WWE, now, then, forever. Yeah. But they're kind of still figuring out who they like enough to put in that little package. And then we get kind of like, it's a rundown of what makes Raw, Raw. You know, the last 999 episodes summed up in a little video package with a peculiar selection of clips Yeah, so a few that I wrote down of like the highlights of, you know, over 10 years of Raw. 
I don't know how many, how years many years no, it's like 93 so it's 93, been 2012 so, so this would have been around 20 20 years thereabouts yeah, just so, under so around 20 years of Raw what amazing moments have we had over the course of Raw's history how about the time that Bob Barker was the guest host <laughs> what about Kaintai saying they're going to cut off Val Venus's pee pee what about Jim Ross dancing and the Miz saying really to Pee Wee Herman and Herman saying back to him really times infinity <laughs> Amazing stuff, guys. I mean, it wouldn't be Monday Night Raw without Pee Wee Herman. No. Like, you know, I also like as well that in this entire video package, it was very obvious that they were trying to put a positive slant on certain things. And I don't say like a lot of tonight seems like a giant monumental pivot. And a lot of the time that we were talking about, you know, why we started the Outsider podcast because they felt like they were trying to retell a little bit of history. Yeah. And there's a lot of that going on here tonight. Yeah. Like. There are more clips of funny guest hosts than there are of Steve Austin doing shit. Yeah, Steve Austin, not here tonight. Very, very, he has like one or two. Austin, Rock, Vince, Mankind, these are like, you know, big names in the Attitude Era. And obviously, wrestling goes beyond the Attitude Era. But they're Mm. very, very minimal presence here. But you do see a lot of like... Triple H and Randy well, Orton he, from 2009. Yeah, <laughs> Triple H though was the architect of all wrestling though, so that's you know, true. He, have, he has to be there because he deserves to be there. Yeah, you know, he, he's he's front he's front and center in this entire package. You get a special bit in here as well. It's really awkward. It's like, and of course, Raw hasn't all been Muppets and Bob Barker. There's been times where people have like had to retire and shit. So it like, goes to like really, really times in Finia. The edge fucking say, crying like. I can't wrestle anymore. It's really harrowing. <laughs> like as well. That in there, right, they've got Edge going, you know, the doctors say, you know, the MRI and the scans, my night means I can't uh, wrestle anymore. And then he's kind of putting Shawn Michaels, you yeah, know, I'm sad and I can't. I can't, I lost my smile, I can't defend the title against Bret Hart. You know, because they're exactly the same, those two things, you know. Edge's injury and Shawn Michaels' lost smile, exactly the same, totally fine. I mean, they dwelled a bit as well, strangely, I thought, on the tribute episodes. There was a special bit in there about Eddie dying, and like, you know, guys and Raw, great, when we get everyone around to talk about, you know, how much we like the wrestler who's passed away. It was like... An odd selection eclipse there. I, I think they should have put in a few frames of, like, Benoit. I, I only said that then just to see if the, the sound goes a bit weird again. Can we talk about that? Because yeah, I've we had should, yeah. loads of people telling me that in the last episode, WrestleMania 28, where I made the joke because Shawn Michaels' voice was going down low and I went, Chris Benoit should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, it was a controversial statement, so yeah. they edited it out. That in itself glitched out and met all scary I've had people accuse me Billy would you believe of falsehood no like if like usually if you're gonna put in a, a little goof you tell Adam and I I've done this really funny thing it's gonna be at this because I'm basically because I'm a fucking hookster at a show yeah. like, guys I did something funny look at and, please and like <laughs> I was listening to the episode it had been a while since we'd actually recorded it and then I was just I heard the bit and said, oh, that's unusual for Kevin to do a little a gag like that that's really, really funny. It's out there, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's a really out there, <laughs> weird joke to make. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't tell us he was going to do this. And then you came on and said, right, this is what happened there. And I, my mouth just dropped. <laughs> like, because, like, what the hell is that? The, the, the litany of feelings I went through when that happened was so weird because it, it was initially the first 10 minutes of the episode. And... 
For, if you didn't want to know the extra information, folks, I thought I accidentally deleted the rest of May 28 episode before I edited it. Yeah. I accidentally put it in my waste paper basket. Oh. Like, and I was like, oh, Jesus, where is it? And then it was there. I was like, oh, my God, because I nearly deleted it. So I finally sat down to edit it, and I was like, heart was already pounded. I was very anxious about this episode. And then that happens, and straight away I go, oh, no, it's the audio problems of, of before. We're going to yeah. get a new microphone. It's all terrible. It's all going to be ruined. Oh, no. So then I started frantically skipping around the track, listening to the other bits. And slowly, as I calm down, I go, oh, phew. It's all right. It's not all broken. It's okay. It's literally just a bit where yeah. you say Chris Benoit. And then as soon as that rings in, it's like Baron Corbin's Titantron where the black, inky blackness yeah. just descended upon me. I went, oh, <laughs> oh the podcast is haunted. <laughs> oh. You know, my breath ran cold. Uh, so it fucking happened. Yeah. And I had to deal with it firsthand. <laughs> if you think it was creepy for you, imagine how it was for me. <laughs> so anyway, Chris Benoit, <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be in your hall of fame. <laughs> May Young and Mark Henry having sex gets put in the video package as yep. well. It's important. You know, it was kind of to lighten the mood after like we had all the tributes to dead wrestlers. Was like, and then, of course, May Young and uh, Mark Henry having sex there. It was a cool package overall. But yeah, I enjoyed weird, it. Weird, I think. An odd selection of clips. Tonight is the night is the new song that they have for Raw here. Better than the Nickelback one. Yes, very much so. Still terrible, though. It is. Uh, tonight is the night. Bright lights, everybody get down. Tonight is the night. Bright lights, bright lights, get down. Tonight is the night. It's just the same... Fu- yeah. it's, a, it's a vine. It's not a proper song. We kick off tonight's proceedings. 1,000 episodes of Raw. Who's going to come out and kick things off? It's the chairman of the board himself, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And I love this is a very special, rarest form of Vince McMahon. This is the shiny foil card Vince McMahon, where he's humble, real Vince. Like, oh my God, so happy to be here. This amazing creation. You know, little tears in his eyes. But... He also has to go to the ring, so he does this silly Vince McMahon walk. So you've got the silly body doing the wackiness, but then he's like, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks <laughs> Some you so weird much. chimera. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a combination of Vince and Mr. McMahon. I love it. Cole and Jerry Lawler with very strange wistfulness, like Raw's dying or lost his smile. They're like yeah. talking like almost like this is the end of Raw. Yeah, so it feels like it very much at times has a funeral feel to it. <laughs> it's a funeral tonight's, yeah. uh, tonight's episode. Vince McMahon calls out to the ring, D-Generation X. My most memorable moment of DX was when they, during the Monday Night Wars, they invaded WCW. Something like that was unthinkable. They did all kinds of things. They spray painted WWE headquarters. <laughs> And Mr. McMahon's jet! Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, uh, I got. I got. I got. I got. I got. I got to catch my breath. Okay, now. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this, okay? I'm feeling it, but I feel like I'm missing something. Like I can see, obviously, I've got my pants on. I know that I've remembered my underwear because I can feel them bunching up as I'm talking. But I still feel like, you know, something's missing. 
It doesn't, you know. No, something, you're right, Sean. Something's missing. I can't put my finger on what it is. I mean, you've got all the gratuitous merch on. Wristbands, <laughs> T-shirts, glow sticks. Anything else we could sell? What could it be? Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, I know I have my underwear on. Do you have your underwear on? Is that what it is? Check. Okay. Underwear on. You well, know see, what? I'm at a loss. Hold on a second. Hold on. Right. Can we talk about this now? In you know, this is total real talk, but yeah. I mean kayfabe terms. Vince McMahon going, hey, here we go, here, here they are, the, the, the real stars of the show, and bringing out a bunch of old lads, mm. most of whom have got office jobs. Yeah. Because Road Dog is agenting, and, you know, Billy Gunn is going to be agenting and doing shit, and, you know, fucking Triple H and Shawn Michaels, they're all on the inner circle. This is just like when Heel Vince in 98 would be like, here's Pat Patterson and yeah. Jerry Br- Huh? Hall of Famer. Huh? <laughs> First Intercontinental J- Huh? Come on, Briscoe Brothers Body Shop. It's exactly the same. Yeah. You'll notice as well there that Kevin didn't mention X-Puck because <laughs> neither do they. Literally, no one says Sean Waltman or X-Puck in this entire bit. He's just stood there. Triple H is introducing everybody and everyone's doing their stuff. No one on commentary says his name. Triple H doesn't say his name. Sean doesn't say his name. What is going on? What's what's X-Pac done? I bet he's not meant to be there. He's just like stuck in behind that <laughs> shit. Like, you know, it's for his new like reality show. Can you believe I got inside yeah. the WWE once again? Like, it's a Camouflage DX. Yeah. AKA Second Married Stag Do Go Paintballing Weekend on a Groupon Deal DX. Ooh. AKA Worst DX, particularly yes. because he hasn't even got a horns woggle. He was part of the group at that point in time. Yeah. Cole says they're responsible for the Attitude Era. Lol, no. No. They're not. No. They're not. They were a thing in the Attitude Era. (laughs) They helped with the Attitude Era. They were not instrumental. They were not, no. I think that... Like, if you're going to say that anyone's responsible for the Attitude Era, you have to basically say, if this person was not there, that it would not have been possible for them to get the money they made... The difference against WCW to actually rally and win that war and mm. put that company out of business. And no one in DX at the time. It's no. no one. Literally no one. Especially Shawn Michaels. He wasn't even fucking wrestling yeah. at that point. He was like, I mean, end of 97, he was still going, but Shawn Michaels was fucking, you know, he was in no way, shape, or form. He's not an architect of anything. Like, yeah, I think that's really just a miserable fucking lie. They, they say that because fucking Austin said no. Yeah, they, Austin's not here tonight, and it fucking, it's fucking painfully obvious that this is like, well, if you're not here, we're going to say that these guys are attitudinal, so they cause the attitude era. And it's just not like... The Rock's there tonight as well. I'm pretty sure they don't say the same thing about The Rock as well. They very much distance The Rock from being part of this like nostalgia buzz. It's yeah. like, there's the nostalgia... And then there's The Rock, and the only person who can go in between those two is like Triple H, because yeah. he does his thing with, with Brock, and then he's doing his fun bit here. But yeah, it's just it's just not right. You know what's really funny? Out of anyone in that ring, the people you could actually say were mo- most responsible for the Attitude Era, of all of them. New Age Outlaws? Yeah, yeah. it is, because yeah. they were so popular, and they did the, the catchphrase that everyone loved. Fucking Triple H. Mm. Oh, it would have been the Attitude Era without the tension in the corporate ministry in late 1999. Yeah. <laughs> All that fruit he was eating. Michael Cole as well, he says, the reason why they you know, started the Attitude was because they were so attitudinal, which I had to check up to make sure it was actually a word. And also said that they were very sarcastic, 
which was also a big part of the Attitude Era. Remember all the sarcasm we had in the Attitude Era? Very sarcastic yeah, era. Yeah, very sarcasm era, yeah. Austin316 says, that's a really good match you've just had there. <laughs> For fuck's sake, can we talk as well about it, right? This is this has got to be mentioned. DX are an important group. Yeah, yeah. They were. Can't be argued. Can't be argued against that. But they are derivative of the NWO. Like, the NWO came up with what they were doing first. Yeah. I mean, the leather jackets, the cool guys coming in sunglasses, kind of, oh, the guys in the back aren't going to like when we say this. Insider terms, mm. waka waka. But I think I think that the, the creative forces behind DX, though, would be the first to admit that they took influence from the NWO, but they did it better. Yeah. So I, think, I, I don't think they would ignore the influence from the NWO. Mm. They just said... Yeah, we're like you, but better. I think like the two of them are so fucking similar. It's just it's mm. ridiculous. Like any attempts where they're like, oh, you know, DX was kind of about this, but NWO was kind of about this. It's, it's the, the same, same fucking, fucking thing. Yeah. It's just instead of green, they just had solid black. <laughs> and they had uh, Michael Wall Street as well. Yeah. Jerry says his favorite moment uh, from the Attitude Era was the WCW invasion, and he thought he didn't know what he was seeing when that went on. The famous. WCW Invasion and mm. uh, DX they've got their special t-shirt for tonight it says DX Army DX Army of course very much the American idiot of the DX yes. lineage <laughs> stylistically changed especially in the visual department but ultimately while it was initially appealing to a new younger and more vibrant fan base the original fans were eventually alienated mm. and left cold and bitter and resentful so uh, there that you go hit, that hits Far too at home. Like, <laughs> far too close to home. Yeah, somewhere there's a seldom played American Idiot CD you know, under a pile of Limp Biscuit merchandise yeah. in my in my bedroom. And it's just, you know, that was too real for me too, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't care about your Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I mean, you know, just the way they have it here, the whole, all the fans, the original fans from the Edge there just don't even like Green Day. Sorry, DX anymore at yeah. this point, you know? And, uh, oh no, who's going to come out now? Because Sean's like, oh <laughs> <laughs> he sounds so old yeah. rubbish Sean looks like he's just got out of bed he does and he's been in bed since he left last yeah, but he's looked like that for I'd say a good 15 years he sounds rubbish here though mm. where he's like trying to be like you're walking a fine line here you've got men in their 40s trying really hard to look cool here in their little special camouflage and then you've got Shawn Michaels who can barely speak the English language calls out who's going to save the day it's the DX team. <laughs> oh god, they're in a they're in a jeep, and then Jerry goes, "This is like my fave DX moment ever." The uh, WCW invasion. In case yeah. you forgot about that that clip, that moment there. No China mentioned at all here no. tonight. You know, no. um, I, don't, I never really was a big fan of the fact that they just washed their hands of uh, of China and her involvement in DX. Because if you're going to talk. You're going to take the stand that they were super important and they helped change things and all that. Then you have to be talking about late 97 DX. And a lot of that was China. And yet they never yeah. mentioned her. Do you ever hear Triple H's reason why China probably won't go in the Hall of Fame? It was because his his daughters could, you know, Google China and find her pornography uh, videos. And you wouldn't want to, like, Google, you know, Hall of Famers and find out stuff like that. Like, mm. I mean, like, if you Google, for instance, you know, Donald Trump or Mike Tyson, you're going to find, yeah. you know, anything, uh, you know, sexually Jimmy Snooker, violent. Or Jimmy, you know. Sn- Jimmy Snooker, for fuck's sake! <laughs> come on! Yeah. You don't even need to fucking look up in the... Oh, come on, for fuck's sake. There's much worse stuff. 
in the Hall of Fame than being in pornography. Yeah, also as well. Much worse. Murder. (laughs) (laughs) Murder. Literal murder. Also as well, Sonny, if you're going to make the argument, Sonny also in the Hall of Fame also did pornography. Also, you could argue, contributed a hell of a lot less to the wrestling world, I think, than China did. Yeah. And I mean, you make the exact same argument there. No, it's it's so blatant why... She's not there. It's Triple always H- been so blatant, and, and Triple H can say it, and, and Stephanie can say it until they're blue in the face of, you know, this is why China's not going in. But everyone fucking knows why she's not going I in. I bet, you know, I bet is Triple H hasn't told his kids they used to go out with China. Like, it's like yeah. I don't want them to know. <laughs> no, that was just a uh, kayfabe. You know, she was my body girl. That was it, like. Trying to keep those kids safe, I guess. So everyone has a nice big hug. Yeah. And as we see all these middle-aged men with receding hairlines all hugging and looking slightly worse, like melted versions of themselves, Jerry Lawler chimes in. They could start another Attitude Era tomorrow. Lol, no. (laughs) I'd like to see him have a go. Yeah. Really, lads? Gonna start an attitude there. Steve, don't worry. Never mind. These lads, they're not only did they well, start like, the old one, they're gonna start a new one yeah. as well. What would they have called it like if they had started a new attitude era? They wouldn't have called it like the second attitude era. They would have given it a name. Olditude era. Like what would it <laughs> yeah. possibly have been called? I don't know, just for menitude era. Like mm. it's old men, they're not starting anything like. They're gonna start a riot at the local restaurant, like they're not gonna start any fucking attitude era. To to be fair though, of this segment here, one person who has as much as I do not care for the person, Road Dog still got it. Oh he does. Road Dog yeah. out of everyone in the ring there, Road Dog feels like he hasn't not been there. He feels like he's like back in a better place, I guess, because he had some fucking. Re- I mean, yeah. I, I wrote it. There's a lot of rehabilitation talent standing in the ring at yes, the moment. Definitely. Like everyone except for Triple H has been through some sort of like rehab at some point in their their life. But Road Dog was like really like proper fucking bitter and like really like against the company. And I was just really happy, honestly, to see him back and yeah. being Road Dog again, not forgetting f- town names and getting sick when Rikishi gives him the stink face. He like he he looks like he. He looks healthy, he looks well, and it's good to see. Billy Gunn does look a little bit like the portrait from Ghostbusters 2 here. Yes, yes. He looks a little bit haunted. Like he does. It's like, yeah, oh, I see, but all from that point of view, Billy Gunn, you even notice his eyes follow you no matter where you wander (laughs) around on the TV screen. So Road Dog does his shtick, and then Triple H is like, wow, that's a a start. He literally calls it a start. I kind of do a bit now, and it's like, We've done it in a way where my bit's more important, so that's that's the start, but are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> Triple H says that everyone except him has gone bald. Don't rub it in, mate. Like, come on. Sean's still got a fair bit of hair as well. Sean's got the Peter Stringfellow yeah. type of thing. I'm pretty sure most of that is a weave that Sean's got <laughs> going on there. He's just kind of old and toothless. I, I was thinking as well when I was watching this, this was probably... So, so I think this is my first experience of... DX is this because obviously when I was younger DX was just Sean and Triple H yeah and dick jokes and dick jokes <laughs> but I uh, yeah this is the first time I think I even saw X-Pac yeah I could have I, I think it might have been because they came back later on when they started they got their their extra run the outlaws yeah. like and that was at the point where you had seen uh, a, a lot of their stuff but yeah this is like 
this is just nostalgia, nothing else though. Because I mean, something I've definitely noticed is you know for how to wrestling when you're watching the current product with a new fan and they bring back a nostalgia act WWE does a terrible job of explaining who they are and they're why like, they're important they're super important they started the attitude there they didn't know like they're yeah. not explaining what they're doing here and why you should give a shit about them really I love as well here that we got anti-establishment DX you know care culture tear the machine down and they say they're really excited that Ross hit a thousand episodes and they can't wait for a thousand more yeah anti-establishment long live the regime HBK and Mr. Gunn argue over who can do the finish. This is uh, this is uh, my part. This is my part. He didn't never give me that much, but this I did pretty good, and this is my. Well, but and I understand that, but this is it's actually it's my part. I mean, I'm the I'm the originator of all this, and you know. He didn't. He didn't give me much either. I mean, you and I were sort of like what's left over. But, uh, <laughs> but um, this is the part that I do because it's my little sunshine. So if you can just yeah. But yeah. I mean, but you don't. Billy, Billy, uh, I don't. Don't let Shauna lose his smile. You know what I mean? I don't want Shauna. <laughs> no. And then he, no, because when that happens, he does weird things like poses for Playgirl and stuff. Oh. <laughs> I was young. It's stupid. Okay. Uh, so. And I needed the money. <laughs> right. It should obviously be Mr. Ass because he it should be. It's speak. his bit. It's his bit. And he's like, you don't want Sean Michaels I should be doing. I should be doing the bit at the end. <laughs> because I've got the lungs for it. And also, it's against my religion to say the bit. So I don't even say it. I just <laughs> point the microphone up and that's the same as not saying it and God's okay yeah. with that no he's not you old old men so everyone's having a go aren't they except for X-Pac though he just stood there you be quiet X-Pac but shh no <laughs> don't don't talk what has he done what's he done to anybody shh. he's he's here and that's what he's done yeah. that's good enough for him <laughs> don't get any big ideas we don't want people googling you X-Pac and, <laughs> and learning things about you Sandow comes out, thank the Lord and Saviour yes. above. Fucking love, love Damien Sandow's gimmick. I yeah. fucking adore it, like. <laughs> when he comes out, Jerry Lowell goes, what's so great about this guy coming out? And he actually get, like, a bigger pop than, like, most of the shtick was yeah, getting in the ring absolutely. at the moment in time. This gimmick, I think, is absolutely solid gold. And I think it's, like, a shame that Sandow never got to a championship level yeah. with this gimmick. Because when he was doing the stuff at Mizdow, he had probably bigger following, but I always thought that this gimmick... This, this gimmick was money. Oh, and it man. just not capitalised on at all. The intellectual saviour of the masses gimmick is like just... And it's so simple. It's Exactly, that's what I love about it. It's the Gordon Ramsay thing. It's a simple ingredients, cooked well. That's mm. all it is. He is an elitist. He's got a cool fucking gimmick. He's got a cool ring gear. He's got pink pants and white boots and a magnificent beard. And he holds the microphone like it's the fucking glass. He does. He holds it like he's having sherry with Niles in in the in the apartment. Like it's fucking perfect. I love. It. Have you ever seen? If you want to see how good this gimmick could be, he did like loads of you know interviews and proper feuds with this uh, in FCW, and it was really good because they treated him like he was a proper threat. Like yeah. this guy is really pompous and arrogant. And he's really good. At this point, though, he's kind of... He's lost a lot of his of his flair, I think. And then now he's just like a poor man's Dalton Castle. 
Like he's just like a rip off of Dalton Castle now in TNA. It's okay because if you are in Ring of Honor or the Independence, you're allowed to take a gimmick because yeah. that's not proper TV, not like TNA. <laughs> Online only in the UK now. <laughs> their, their streaming service isn't even made with WordPress, Billy. Don't take Ring of Honor seriously. We can take what we want from them. I love how they gave Shawn Michaels so many lines despite the fact he has no voice. And he does them anyway. Mm. Like, it's kind of like, we're backstage, hear all your lines, Sean. Like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Then they go out, oh no, I've got no voice. Definitely still do them, Sean. Yeah. Don't call an audible. Billy and Xbox, they'll only muck it up. Yeah. They'll only, should be quiet. Stop Xbox. Don't even think about speaking. Sweet chin music and a stalling pedigree to uh, Damien Sandow. Yeah. And I thought, you know, really good idea that they let Triple H and Sean do their moves because Xbox and Billy and Road Dog, of course, they'd only muck it up. They'd yeah. only mess it around. Shh, be quiet, don't. You should have at least let do their moves, I think. <laughs> like a little bit of shake, rattle and roll, an, like an X Factor. Or, in know. the actual length of time where Triple H was like, put him in the pedigree and flexed the gun yeah. and was like, yeah, baby. The length of time that you could have fit in a shake, rattle and roll or a Bronco Buster but then again, they only would have mucked them up though, yeah. wouldn't they? They only would have mucked them up. Shh, be quiet. Xbox, when they go, got ain't down with that. We got two words for you. And Xbox goes, suck it. He says that at the end there. Assumedly, because he used to lose some bet where someone bet him that I bet he'll say something. Yeah. You know, I bet you'll actually get a line out there when you sneak out there and you're clearly not meant to be out there. DX, the legendary Hellraisers. They really are the most electrifying men in sports and entertainment, Absolutely. aren't they? Such tough SOBs, these uh, D-Generation X. Fuck it, I, I hated this. Yeah, I really was, did. It, was, uh, it wasn't good. It was long. Yeah, all of this is so long. Like, it's self-indulgent to the max. It is, like, it's... It's WWE filleting its own flaccid penis. Because <laughs> it's not even filleting it, like... Like an erect one, where yeah. you know it's like it's like we're being nostalgic, and you know we're showing you why we should be nostalgic. But like, I don't I, know why I'm using a penis analogy here, but you know, you got penis it, on the brain. Yeah, I've got a penis on the brain. It makes sense to me. This something about X Pac yelling suck it yeah. in a really sad, desperate way that just makes you think about penises. It's okay, like. But I mean, the problem with this, I felt, was that if you're gonna bring out Road Dog, X Pac, and Billy Gunn, like I felt like the only reason they were bringing them out here was so they could go, these lads, they were in DX but like not proper yeah. they are not the architects of the attitude era like Sean and Triple H were and it felt like if you're going to do that you might as well not even have it be a DX team you might as well just brought Sean Triple H talk about how great they were because yeah. I'm sure they would have hated doing that tonight later on we've got the return of The Rock and will Brock Lesnar accept Triple H's challenge Brock me and the entire Attitude Era, we're coming for you, brother. <laughs> Me and all my Attitude Era maniacs. You know, Triple H 316. <laughs> I like the way that they're pumping out, you know, a lot of stuff here, Fast and Furious. You got AJ and Daniel Bryan yeah. getting married later on. like you Cena know. in his briefcase. Yeah, cashing in. It does make me upset, though, they could have gotten someone from the Attitude Era to handle one of these sections instead. Maybe Daniel Bryan could have married Stone Cold Steve Austin or yeah. something like that. But I guess he doesn't want to play ball and, uh, you know, do business like someone proper. DX are still here when yeah. we come back from that. Yeah. I'd be funny if they there the whole night, like, you know, just there in the ringside, da, 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 <laughs> you know, invading WCW and uh, having fun in their Jeep. Out comes good old JR, Jim Ross, 
with his goatee. Yeah. I wrote down here, it's basically Walter White from Breaking Bad if Walt got into ranching instead of meth. Yeah. So, you know, he, he likes, like got into making barbecue sauce. Yeah, you know, beef like, and barbecue. Blue barbecue to, sauce, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's here to inexplicably call a random six-man tag team match. Yeah. It's Rey Mysterio, Sin Cara, uh-oh, and Sheamus taking on Y2J Chris Jericho, Dolph Ziggler, and Alberto Del Rio. Or as I call them, Team Catholic versus Team Protestant. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, who are the Catholics and who are the Protestants in your mind? Purely guessing, um, Team Face are Catholic. Is that because Ray's got a crucifix on his yeah, mask? Yeah, crucifix, and Seamus, he, he, he's, a, he's a Catholic boy. And of course, Sin Cara constantly asking for forgiveness, because yeah. he's always pissing <laughs> shit off. But I think Sin Cara's got the requisite level of shame to be yeah. on the team, because he should be ashamed of all the botches that he's yeah. done. Like, And uh, when Del Rio comes out, did you notice what Cole did? I know the name of that automobile. He did. Cole knew the name of that automobile. <laughs> he's like, he's like, and I'll put a real kind of John Cena backstage. Out the way, Vince. I know the name of that automobile. It's an Aston Martin GT. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard that Cole knew the name of that automobile. He sure did, like. I love that Sim Cara's shit little firework goes off and he just kind of like walks out. Like, yeah. It's like, here comes Sin Cara. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> no trampoline tonight. No. Nope. He'd only muck it up, won't he? Somebody says that Seamus's hair looks like JR's barbecue sauce. I don't want to eat anything that colour. What? It's not like. I'll tell you straight away, it's not that colour. No. I've eaten both and it's not that colour, <laughs> right? It's de- It's just not. Chris Jericho has had some sort of thing done to his hair. Now, yeah. It could be a haircut. But he does look like one of those people who's in one of those ads, isn't he? You're one of those ads that's on TV if you kind of fall asleep and you wake up in like an alternate universe and there's like some guy telling you about hair replacement products. Yeah. And it'll be sent in a in a totally nondescript envelope and no one will know that you're going bald or you're trying to get that fixed. I'm not going bald. Don't just think. <laughs> Shut up, okay? I've got a big beard. But Jericho did have that... Because his hair was just resting ever so... It was, look, it was looking a bit like it was thinning. It's kind of weird hair, like a doll's hair. He had some strange going on there. Every time Del Rio comes out, I wish I spoke Spanish. I bet Ricardo Rodriguez has got amazing intros. Yeah. I've heard, like, I saw a few times people post on Reddit, on Twitter, people who are uh, bilingual saying, oh, just so you know here's what Ricardo said and he's always saying like over the top shit like he's the vanguard of virtue and the greatest wrestler who's ever lived past present future all that like. I, I remember one time when Del Rio was heel and then um, someone had did something similar on on Reddit and uh, they said that it, Ricardo had called them like a field of pig dogs the <laughs> a crowd a field of pig <laughs> like, dogs something crazy like that uh, is it some Bubba Ray Dudley would say in ECW, yeah. you field of fucking pig dogs <laughs> When they do that thing and they make fun of uh, J.R.'s barbecue sauce, um, it kind of really underpins the resentful relationship with J.R. at that moment yeah. in time. Because they go, James's hair is like J.R.'s barbecue sauce, and then Cole literally screams, Gotta get your plug in, right? And then J.R. just goes, Thank you. And he goes kind of quiet. <laughs> just very, very softly says, Finally. <laughs> Notice as well that they had a go at him because it was meant to be black tie and he yeah. wasn't wearing it because he wasn't told. It just felt like he was out there already. Like I'm here for ten minutes, yeah, and this was not worth it. They've got him calling the shitty little match. I don't, I don't 
like, have him call like the main event. I don't know. Bring him out for the main event. Why have you called him out for this? It's weird because it's like when you bring back Jr. and they've gone, they got to that point where it was just diminishing returns. Yeah. When you bring out Jr. after he's been fired, awesome. Yeah, he's back. Stick it to the man. You bring out Jr. Then WrestleMania 27. All right. Yeah, awesome. Stick it to the man. And you bring out Jr. Then you take him away, and then you bring him out now to do this. Yeah. It should be. It should feel special. It kind of feels... JR doesn't feel special anymore. No, and this is Raw 1000. Yeah. you got a lot of people tuning in who probably haven't watched wrestling in a long time. They probably saw the first segment and thought, oh, wow, look at DX, that's awesome, just like when I was a kid. And you go, oh, what's JR doing now? Oh, is he only brought out for like the little matches? He doesn't get told to wear... He doesn't even wear the right clothes anymore, does he? He forgot his cowboy hat. He's just wrong, isn't he? So I do feel that this is the point where JR, they made it so you didn't want him back. Yeah. Because... If this is how you got to use them, it's like... What's the fucking point? What's the fucking point? I honestly don't see the point of having me. It's really sad. It's a real quimper. Yeah. Because if JR's last call for WBF was like, whoa, bam, WrestleMania 28, he did that big kick-ass fucking Hell in a Cell, end of an era, thank you, Mr. Roth. It's just like, no, here we are, six-man tag. We'll bring him out for another one. We'll have him say, slobber knocker. So, dance, yeah. JR, dance. Dance, do your special, do your JR shuffle. Say by God. <laughs> there you go. If you do another dance, if you rap, we'll let you plug your Chipotle ketchup. Oh, dance, dance for us. They probably wouldn't even let him say by God anymore. He'd be like, by golly. <laughs> by gosh darn it, like. <laughs> by golly, he's broken in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Figuratively, not literally, of course. Uh, Cole says the most 2013 thing ever. Hornswoggle is telling all night long tonight. <laughs> <laughs> telling. All night long. Tates to asses. Basic match. Very, very basic stuff. Story here is that Y2J and Ziggler had a bit of a few going into this. They're kind of leading up to Jericho leaving at SummerSlam and he'll be back again shortly thereafter. Mm. This again now, much like JR, is when Jericho got into that kind of come back for something big, go away, come back for something less big, go away, come back for something where it's like... You're just filling out space here, and I don't think everyone's jumping up and down that Jericho is feuding with Dolph Ziggler here. It's like, eh, not yeah. really not really much to do for him. Hot tie to Sheamus, who gets put over massively strong in this. He gets called a walking slobber knocker by Jim Ross, which is obviously quite a good thing. Everyone is in, and then everyone starts jumping outside. We get a bit of the melee. Y2J makes Sheamus look like one million fucking dollars with the two of those are in there. It's incredible. Like Jericho, you know, tries to give Sheamus the code breaker and he picks him up and walks around and Jericho's like, holy shit Ziggler clocks his own partner Chris Jericho bro kick shoe kick Seamus wins good Catholic win there yeah. for the boys because they should feel guilty about it because it was tainted mm. What's the, the only time we win is when the Protestants turn on each other Billy you see that's why yeah. our opportunism is, is, is inbuilt you see <laughs> they'll be celebrating with their tiffin tonight <laughs> <laughs> hard fought it was <laughs> a tout recap Daniel Bryan AJ Honestly, congratulations. The best way I could do this in 15 seconds is yes, 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 yes. Finally, Zero is back. Daniel Bryan and AJ, congratulations on your marriage. Daniel and AJ, you guys were absolutely crazy. You both are nuts. Go see a psychologist. Here's what I have to say about the Daniel Bryan AJ wedding. Hey, we want you WWE fans to continue touting tonight uh, about this historic 1,000th episode of Monday Night Raw. And you know, if you do that, we're going to be showing your touts right here live tonight on Raw. Sweet Jesus. 
Turns out you don't need to go outside the Manchester Evening News Arena in 1998 to get a bunch of mouth breathers to say stupid shit. Yeah. They'll do it themselves and send it in in choppy low-res oh. videos. Or 15-second video clips, or touts, as they're called. Now, you don't own them. They're not yours. You own 10% of the company. Yeah. You don't own that, okay? 10% of something does not mean it's yours. It means that you're struggling to get this thing relevant. They're so rubbish as well. It's like, it's like, AJ and Daniel Bryan are going to get married, whether they like it or not. She's <laughs> <laughs> just like, cuts to a town. Shane McMahon is number one. He's not here. It doesn't matter. He's number one. And I'm going to use every social media form to let him know he's totally ruthless. And it's going to, he's going to make a, what do you love here as well, right? With, with this whole town fucking fiasco when it started they were making out like oh you know so many people are touting superstars are touting hollywood actors are touting all the wwe universe are touting and tonight they are literally saying if you tout you'll get to be on tv yeah and there's a very 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 good chance that the only touts that they got here tonight those are the only touts that actually were submitted at all if you get rid of the Chris Benoit ones, there's probably yeah. nine or ten Chris Benoit Hall of Fame touts, you know, looking right into the camera. Let me tell you something, WWE. Chris Benoit should be... He's not, though, okay? But these are begged for touts. Please! Yeah. Precious resource. They were fucking desperate here. Oh, gee, speaking of desperate and low res, who's coming in to uh, really make things go a little bit hashtag winning... It's Charlie Meme. And you know who else is joining us? We have a very special guest tonight. I do know. From Los Angeles, California. My all-time Superstar actor Charlie Sheen is with us live. Charlie, how you doing tonight? And what do you think about the show so far? It's, uh, uh, first of all, congrats on your 1,000th uh, episode. And the show so far is, is uh, it's epic. It's, 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 it's just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I think I would fit pretty good... Um, with a group called uh, Degeneration X. <laughs> yeah, it would fit in rather smoothly with those guys. Um, and, you know, uh, th th this big Irishman, uh, uh, Seamus, uh, probably likes to party like I did back in the day, so I think he and I would get along, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that the WWE would be a pretty good home for me. And you're going to be sticking around throughout the night watching the show, and we'll be back with you in a little bit. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Charlie. Charlie Sheen there on Skype. In retrospect... This makes me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. All the stuff with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. I think we should just talk about Charlie Sheen for a minute. Let's the, I mean, um, go back in time a little bit. Because, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people... It, it could well be that there are people who don't know about how Charlie Sheen was such a fucking thing. And Charlie Sheen was a, a serious thing at this yeah. point in time. He obviously had the wacky interview where he said he was doing crack and winning and yeah. tiger blood. And, and everyone thought, ah, it's very funny, he's on drugs. And some people were like, oh, but it's not funny though, is it? And I think the point when he was clearly using that, like here, for publicity and whatnot, it was like a man cashing in on his own problems. Yes. You're right to do that, I guess. Yeah. You know? Um, I just think it's weird looking back at it now, knowing with his HIV diagnosis. Mm. I read an interview with him where he basically said the whole winning Tiger Blood thing happened, not as he had previously said, like he'd got fired from his job because he had a hernia and they refused to believe him. He got his HIV diagnosis then, mm. and he went insane, obviously, because that's a crazy yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. But apparently he was also on a lot of steroid cream. 
Really? He was taking steroid cream. Because he looks fucking thing. like he would, like he had a manic quality to him. That's why everyone just assumed, oh, he is doing crack, like he says yeah. in the video. And know? he probably wasn't doing crack. It was he he was had recently had HIV diagnosis. He had been fired from the highest paid job in TV, like, ever. So, wait, is he, at this point in time, he has his diagnosis? He's aware of that? Because he only revealed it, obviously, a few years later. So yeah. he knows of it As here. I've, I've read an interview with him where he said that the whole breakdown thing and was because he was on steroid cream for his HIV. Wow. So, in retrospect, that makes me feel really weird because I was one of those people who was really making fun of how stupid Charlie Sheen was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a whole, like, ten-minute bit in my stand-up routine about Charlie oh, yeah, Sheen. Oh, yeah, you did. And, like, I, and it makes me feel really weird in, in, in the future now that, like, we're making fun of him. But at the same time, he was allowing himself to... He was, he was in on he the was, joke. He was pushing that, like... He was in on the joke, but at the same time, I don't think he was fully aware of what he was doing. No, and, and I mean, you can always make the argument then, of course, is like, oh, he was... He was pushing and he was cashing in on it. Therefore, does that make it okay? But then you have to ask yourself, well, if he was someone who was pushing and cashing in on it, but he clearly wasn't in his right frame of mind or had other things, yeah. does that scenario it's, mean it's, that he's, it's still okay? It, it's, yeah. it's quite a complicated, messy situation. Yes, it certainly is. Needless to say... We can't like come up with a situation to justify it or unjustify it at all. No. It's, up, it's down to him. But as long as there are people like WWE who are queuing up here, kind of going, you know, poking with his thing, going, go on, say, do it. Do the do the silly. You Hi, Charlie. You look rubbish. I bet you've yeah. not slept in days. Are you fucking... Are you on a bender, you big freak? Yeah. Like, you know. I wonder if they knew before everyone else did, because like throughout this, they're very, very slowly hinting mm. at that there's going to be a feud between him and Daniel Bryan. At oh, Summer that Sam. this was this was planned. This was planned. So that would presumably have been axed as soon as they because if they would have had to give him a physical. If it was doing a match, he technically would have had to do it. Although I've the thing with physicals though is with part timers sometimes they don't. I mean, it's I've heard. Oh no, they don't drug test them, but they do give him a physical, as far as I know. But presumably, that's why it didn't happen, is because he had to come clean. Uh, yes, I, that I guess. I've got HIV. Because I, like, I, nope. I remember reading in Daniel Bryan's book recently where he was like, oh, it was something that was planned, it just kind of fell through because they, they couldn't come to terms, they disagreed on money or something like that. But, like, I always I remember this thing completely wrong because I always thought that it was like. They're, they kind of drop, they set some things up, but they didn't really hint at it. But by the end of the night here, they're very much going, yo, yo this yeah. shit is happening, dog, you know? And Charlie has no fucking clue what's going on here. He was originally advertised for being there tonight, and then very much in an obvious case of... I can't be bothered. I couldn't be, I, yeah. A, a serious case of gnashing it up. Yeah, it, it very much, like, he's, he's not there. And I mean, like, when you say he's going to be there, and then he ends up being on fucking Skype... Can you not send someone round with a fucking better camera yeah. than what he's got? It's fucking rubbish. It is awful. He's using his Lego Movie Maker camera that he got <laughs> to make little stop motion fucking... It's awful. And they were fucking desperate here to make this thing work. Even when Charlie goes, like, Hey, Tom, in response to Michael Cole saying, Hi, Charlie. You know who the fuck he is? Like, if he was there, if he was there at commentary maybe with them, there might have been a decent amount of banter perhaps. There was never you do, known you, to be though, surely. He doesn't know who anyone is, no, Billy. But, he doesn't know... He literally is like, yeah, I'll tell you something. I get on great in a group like, hang on. D Dex. Dix. DX. I get on great in a group like DX. D Dix. I would so love to be there. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a moment as well where he refers to Daniel Bryan and he actually goes goot, then says goat. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, let me tell you something about goot goat face. <laughs> For, he's, 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 he's a nice little hat there as well. Yeah. 
fucking hell. Nice little uh, light tan fedora that he's got going on there. Charlie Sheen will be back later on for more low resolution adventures. We get AJ Lee and Daniel Bryan's love recap. They plan this wedding in a week. Yep. Are they crazy? Wacka wacka. Bloody hell. This is like Bridezilla all over again. Oh. I'll tell you, this was like really weird and out of the blue because they had very much had like separated these two. And then it was like, yeah. oh, we're back together now. And next week we're getting married. They're crazy, those two. It's great when you just say that your characters are crazy. You can make them do whatever you want to and then not have to make any sense. Daniel wants this wedding to be special. Just me, him, and the minister, and it's gonna be private and special, and oh gosh, isn't that just so amazing, Layla? AJ, are you sure you wanna go through with this? Why does everyone keep saying that? And why does everyone continue to call me mentally unstable? I mean, have they ever taken a look around here? This entire place is unstable. Look outside. Can you see this? I've seen you just heard. I feel it. He took off running now. Oh, come on. It's little Jimmy. It's dance. Get down. Come on, AJ. He's an invisible child. Yeah, but he dances and he's like little Jimmy. You don't think that? Oh, come on. That is so cool. How do we know he's dancing? We can't. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm May Young's son. <laughs> All grown up. Proud of me, ain't you, Ma? Oh, I love you, baby. <laughs> Best of luck tonight. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Hi, Ma. That's so sweet. It's really... Good luck tonight, AJ. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we, we get this bit where AJ's backstage with Layla... Yeah. And AJ's talking about how she's looking forward to her private wedding with just her, Daniel, and the minister. What's going on here? Because <laughs> that's clearly, like, they've advertised that it's going to be a wedding in the ring in front of everybody. AJ, this is very much a or case. Or is this so, AJ uh, is crazy? This is AJ not reading the fine print. Mr. Yeah. Man's like, yeah, free weddings for all WWE employees, but you got to do it. In the ring, in front of 90,000 people. Uh, so I guess she just assumed wrong. She didn't read the, the fine print on her contract there, you know? Mm. So yeah, we got this statement where basically AJ is saying, I may be wacky and crazy, but this whole place is wacky and crazy. Look, there's Roddy Piper in Our Truth and Little Jimmy. Yeah. Roddy Piper, who's wearing one of Jerry the King Lawler's glittery t-shirts, it seems. And then you see... Uh, Jim Duggan just Jim going... Duggan. Oh, hello, tough guy. Oh, you know what's really sad is that he walks past Roddy Piper, and of course the two of them become super close friends on Legends House. Mm. I'm like, oh, two will be best friend dad pals walking by, not not connecting. You guys can play Jenga together. No, <laughs> May Young's son. Tell me what you think of this. The guy who plays the hand looks so much like Simon Bird. It's crazy. We're <laughs> <laughs> just Simon Bird, just going, hello, I'm May Young's son. It's a big hand, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, I remember watching it at the time and having no fucking clue what was going on. <laughs> now with the new facts, like... Now with the facts, the cold, hard facts, it's so fucking rubbish. <laughs> like, I, But I, don't I, you remember May gave birth to a hand? So because we've remembered something we've done, that's the same as comedy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> everyone loved this though. Everyone, everyone, everyone that was a big old laugh. So funny, yeah. Um, Cole and Jerry's laugh in particular, <laughs> like they very much laugh, like they didn't know this was gonna happen. It's like a proper like sneak up on them laugh, like. It's a shoot laugh for them. I fucking hate those two <laughs> teetering fucking idiots. Shameless Sonic spot here where... Uh, this Sonic is what I was talking over. about earlier. Less of this, more matches, please. There's something like... They used to do all these Sonic things. Did you see the one they did with Jerry with the fucking chicken? It was with Sonic as well, as far as you know, where they would just bring him fast food. And he's like, I've got all this fried food. <laughs> eat it. Eat it, Jerry. Eat it all. Eat all the fried foods. Now get in this ring with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, it's like, I, I remember them doing that and feel really uncomfortable. Right? And that's not me having a go at him. Yeah. Like, if you've got somebody who's got fucking a coronary arrest, don't fill them full of saturated fats live on TV. It's dangerous. Swagger versus Brodus Clay. Oh, Jesus. What is Clay wearing? Jesus. Can I say, I, I had a hard go on Brodus Clay. He fucking deserved it. And I had a few people kind of, uh, I had a couple of people who agreed with me and a couple of people who said that, like, he was right to not want to be in the silly, shucking and jiving, dancey dance spot. He like, should have got fucking better then. I mean, I yeah, I always kind of think, you know, my view of that is always going to be is that you always, you'd be the best motherfucking thing, you know, even if it sucks, you'd be the best at that sucky thing, no matter what. Like mm. Steve Austin, when he had to lose the US belt to Jim Duggan in like 10 seconds, it was a total catastrophe. But he lost that belt better than he was flailing around like a fucking idiot. So, I mean, I always think that you make the best of a bad situation and you perform so well, even if it's the stupidest fucking thing. Because as soon as they get a whiff of resentment from you they're not going to go oh Brodus isn't getting on wellness maybe we should give him a better gimmick yeah. they're going to go oh Brodus isn't getting on with this this is a great gimmick we know because we have writers who did it I'm not saying that's fair I'm saying Brodus you should have fucking owned this and he never did and as well Funkadactyl is yeah. the most cumbersome word yeah. play ever it's a fucking ugly word Funkadactyl <laughs> can you try to spell that there's so many fucking consonants mm. in there yeah <laughs> I like it though when Brodus Clay is coming out and they literally go Jack Swagger he's really hitting the bottom of the barrel here at the moment folks and then they go a lot of you may have missed the first hour get used to saying that yeah. <laughs> a lot of you may have missed the first hour and the third hour we get a plug for Shazam yeah Shazam now so if you use Shazam while you listen to Brodus Clay's entrance music you can get, listen to his music <laughs> and you'll get you'll get hashtag bro bro facts as well now what I love about this is can you think of a weird scenario where you're like hang on I don't know whose entrance music this is but I'd like to know more information about a particular superstar oh it happens to be Brodus Clay who I wanted yeah. to know more information it, about it happens to be the person who they're saying the name of on the television where this is playing the only time that's going to do be of any effect at all is if you're in like a bar and they just so happen to play a wrestling theme every now or and then. Or you're listening you go, on the radio. Oh, what, or... is, what is this? As if they're going to play the fucking Brodus Clay's theme song. It's not Fandango's number one in the UK. And I actually don't know if it actually got to the And they one. didn't. No, it didn't. No. I will say if anyone has ever Shazammed Brodus Clay's entrance music ever. I will be surprised. Yes. That scenario. Because the only time you're going to be like, oh, what music is this? You'll be in a WWE event and you can just use your eyes, can't you? And just see, there he is. Because yeah. his name usually comes up below as well. So it's quite convenient. 
Let's all chat about Shazam, why don't we? Who comes out? And another sly dig at someone from the out here, I can only imagine. It's Mick Foley in his least favourite outfit of Do Love. Yeah. Let's make the guy who's got really bad knees do the gimmick which he hates and also means he has to dance lots. I did feel bad for Foley coming out that he was really, like, he had to be in pain. Yeah, definitely. It's, like, not At this time. Those knees are, like, not what they used to be. This is around the time he was on Celebrity Wife Swap as well, I think. And he can't put his own socks on on and stuff, like... You know he's in a lot of pain. This is like when they did the documentary and it's like, you know, I can't uh, walk downstairs without thinking, Jesus, what have I done to myself? And that's literally how the documentary ends. It's like, mm. for fuck's sake, <laughs> go out there and dance. Yeah, you can't wrestle, but I can make you dance, dude. Brodus just wins. <laughs> yeah, and they, they, they kind of bury, they bury Swagger and Brodus in the same sentence. It's like, <laughs> wow, that's embarrassing. Swagger lost to Brodus. What a prick. No one wins in this. No one wins there. They're not putting anyone over. Swagger, who's in rock bottom already, manages to sink even further. And whoa, even lost to Brodus. That's so That's so terrible for him. Dude Love gives the mandible call to Jack Swagger. Just it's a tie-dye one, though. A tie-dye one. Did anyone tune in tonight one to see Dude Love? In fairness, come on. Not another face of Foley, maybe mankind. Mankind, yes. Even Cactus Jack. Mick Foley, yes. Dude, love. No, no one cares. No, Raw One Thousand. No one's remember ninety six and ninety seven. Stop that. Stop making us think those things. They do a Triple H Trish yoga spot. That's kind of reversing the thing they did back yeah. in the day. I thought this was very funny indeed. It was very funny. What wasn't funny is when DX come in, laugh at him, they all leave, and X-Pac just stays there and puts his arm around her. Awkwardly. And they settle on it for a bit too long. He, and he looks really shit, does he? He's like, <gasps> go away. Very uncomfortable watching. What I really wanted to happen, this would have made it perfect, is that when you have Triple H like bent over, you know, doing the thing in front of Trish, I really wanted, you know, 2000 era angry Stephanie McMahon what the hell is this what the hell and throw flowers if you may do we run a poll on Twitter hashtag AJ I do or hashtag AJ I don't pretty sure hashtag AJ I don was going to trend worldwide because everyone would put an apostrophe in like an idiot yeah. and not know how to use Twitter and as well if you're out there on Twitter thinking oh I'm going to tweet something about the AE podcast in general as opposed to to them Put a full stop at the start of it, because otherwise you're just telling us, and that's not what you really had in mind. It's, I just want people to know to use their Twitter better, you know? It helps us, it helps them, it helps everyone. Wedding match. Daniel Bryan yes. versus AJ Lee. <laughs> Daniel was trying to these white coats backstage. Yeah, what? They never make references again in the episode. I think what you're meant to think here is that this is all a ruse. Bryan is doing this so he can... Get AJ and section yeah. her. <laughs> don't know. I can't remember if they go into it. They I don't. don't they do. They don't. I think at a later point they're like, "Oh, the reason why I'm always okay with betraying you is because you were gonna have me sectioned with these white coat lads." And but I don't mm. think they actually. It just. I think you meant to see this so you know that Daniel Bryan is a dickhead. So Daniel Bryan versus AJ Lee, wedding on a pole match. Special guest referee is the Doctor of Style, Slick. Who says Yardbird almost immediately and made me do a little bit of a cringe. I was so happy to see Slick back. I love Slick. He's great. I know very little about Slick. Literally, the only things I know about Slick are him saying Yardbird. 
That's literally because what's the song? What's the song he did? Jive Soul Bird. Yeah, so I know him saying Yardbird there. Because it started that he's eating here. chicken and he said, "Hey man, I can't even eat my Yardbird without bright my lights." My Yardbird. Now Slick has been on the record in interviews. And he's been asked, like, you know, can you tell us about Jive Soul, bro, and your run? Because obviously he was linked with Akeem, the African Dream, who yeah. was most definitely white. And it was always very awkward racial overtones to Slick's gimmick. And Slick said, that's what Vince thought black culture was. And Vince thought it was great. Yeah. So that makes it okay in people's minds. It's fucking uncomfortable as shit. It's quite... Like, when you have Slick come out and say, I've been promised to be given a load of fried chicken, or I've been promised a load of yard birds for my services tonight, there's a way you could have had Slick come out and not be like, yeah, I'm this gimmick. Yeah, it was as racist as you think, but we're not going to do anything about yeah. it. Like, oh, Jesus, it was awful. Uncomfortable. Brian coming out, yesing in his tuxedo is amazing. Fucking perfect little man, his little white yeah. tuxedo. Yes! My friends, I need to tell you something. Marriage. I said marriage. I said marriage. It's a sacred institution. Marriage should not be edited too lightly. Marriage is between two unadulterated, totally in love people. Marriage, marriage, marriage. I said marriage. <laughs> there is something inherently funny about a woman in a bridal gown climbing some steel stairs. <laughs> I think there's something as well quite funny about a woman in a bridal gown having, having to turn to the person who's doing the nuptials, going, "We're running out of time. Like yeah. we've only got three minutes." Oh, uh, AJ corpses so quickly. Oh, I mean, the two of them are like well, dying. Like a- AJ sets off Brian. Like it's just like. They're supposed to be fucking heels and we're just like fucking it's giggling so together. It's so fucking absurd. <laughs> it is. It's so weird. Why is Slick of all the... Slick is actually uh, a minister and they never reference that fact. Yeah. Like Slick and also Ted DiBiase, they're both ordained ministers. Were they like hoping for like some sort of series of unfortunate events shit where they've got a real like vision <laughs> there and Vince is going to come out <laughs> and unveil his master plan of actually marrying Brian in Asia. Count McMolaf is going to come out here and shake things up. I will say, throughout this entire thing, AJ and Brian are corpsing, but Jerry and fucking Cole on commentary, the spluttering laughs and snorts, two pigs doing cocaine on the commentary table. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off! Daniel Bryan delivers his vowels like the genesis of McGillicutty. (laughs) Starting right now. (laughs) This wedding, this marriage... Right now. Starting from here. This is like the worst Brian's ever been on the mic. I mean... And I know it's not typical of what he's supposed to do in a promo. I mean... It's not good here. It's a a weird scenario. And I think, like, of all the... Like, this leads to better things for Brian. Oh, absolutely. Hell no, and his breakdown. And it really leads to Brian becoming a, a character that gets a lot more traction. But, yeah, it's just... The weddings, weddings are really hard to work in wrestling. It's just, it's a silly thing, and so it's so hard to suspend your disbelief and think these people are actually getting married or like, you know, this is actually some. It's just, it's silly, you know, because they've only done it in a week, as you've said as well. It was quite a rush thing. Felt like 
The Rock and CM Punk wanted there to be flowers in the ring for their bit, and that's why we're having what we have here tonight. When The Rock and Punk get do get involved, I did like note down that this is genuinely one of the most contrived ways of getting Punk and The Rock in the ring together. <laughs> so AJ says she's not going to marry him because she's a general manager. And people thought for a moment that Vince was going to marry her, but no, yeah. it just turns out that she's general manager, so she leaves old Dan Bryan high and dry and that altar and we come back from commercial and Daniel's having a bit of a hard time in the ring he's probably going mental isn't he he's probably <laughs> he's having a right old strop isn't he yeah. he wanted to get married didn't he he's not now he's very upset and then CM Punk comes out and you know what this is one of these things where I was like you know you have to tread carefully here because even though Brian is a little goblin boy here and jumping up and down going no you have to be careful because you just had a lad get stood up at the altar. And it's very easy just to come off as a mean, shallow jerk. And Punk pretty much comes off as a mean, shallow jerk. Like, yeah, yeah you didn't get married, huh? I'm going to marry her. Ha, ha, ha. Like, you know, joke's on you. Punk is pretty much a jerk here. And Brian goes full-on evil when he's yeah. like, I am the greatest superstar of all time. If you smell. <laughs> oh, here, here, here he comes. comes. the rock. Here he comes. The B- best of all time. B-T-A-A-N-L-N-Y-C. Yeah. You know what time it is. Andre the Giant. Rock is not guy. <laughs> Rock is not got his goatee, and that is actually like a saving grace here. Yeah. I, right, a lot of people point out to me as well, like, what's all the goatee hate? Because I'm like, oh, JR is fucking goatee. Rock with his goatee. Have you fucking seen a goatee? That's going to swatch up with it. Have you fucking seen one? Right. Jesus. See what Billy's got? He's got no beard, and I've got a beard. And if you looked at either of us and go, yeah, you know, they're both good, but can we have something that's worse than both of those? <laughs> That requires, like, me to look like a fucking weirdo arse face. Yeah, that's what a goatee is. No! 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 This is supposed to be about me! This was supposed to be the greatest night of my life! You want to know? Do you? Do you want to know who you're going to fight, Rocky? Some way, somehow, you are going to fight me. And not only will I be the champion, but I will be the face of the WWE! The face, the face of the WWE, is that what you're saying? That The Rock is looking at, is that what you're saying 15,000 people are looking at right now? No, 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 no. What we're looking at is this. We're looking at what would happen if a homeless lumberjack banged an Oompa Loompa. (laughs) (laughs) Oompa Loompa Doopa Dee Ding You look like a troll from Lord of the Rings Lol of the lads just standing there as Rock goes around and does all of his shtick. Like, Brian seems like a dweeb, but Punk really comes off as being, like, second rate, just standing there where the Rock is doing all his stuff. It's the fucking cheapest pops of all time. This is proper freeway cola. Like, <laughs> like Rock saying, you know, you don't get to save it, you're the best of all time. The people. 
get to say you're the best of all time. Po- shaky, pointy rock. That's it. Say I'm but- the best of all time. Please. Now you can tell he's being earnest because he's pointing at the people. He's not yeah. just pointing at them. He's pointing them and his hands moving a little bit. That's uh, how you know he's being earnest. And then when Brian cuts him off, The Rock looks like he's about to cry. Like he just—he looks like he's never been interrupted before. And he's like he's like about to like literally weep. The last time he got interrupted was when John Cena cut across him and he told him he'd rip his throat out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've got special rock wizard armor on. You can't cut across me. I do my promo now. And Punk just stood there looking smug. This is, <laughs> why is Brian here? <laughs> why is, is Brian here? here? He's here so the rock can call him Frodo. Yeah. You can call him Frodo Baggins. Oompa Loompa. Pop um, culture references. Oompa Loompa. Diddly D. You look like a troll from Lord of the Rings. He doesn't even look like a troll. And that doesn't even rhyme. He looks like a bloke, innit? Like, <laughs> at least he could have said he looks like that orc that chases Merry and Pippin into Fangorn Forest. <laughs> like, maybe that has stretched. Have you seen the trolls in Lord of the Rings? What's going on, Rock? I don't think you've watched Lord of the Rings. You know what? He's, he's wrong, isn't he? That's it. Because yeah. trolls are big yeah. and scary. Like Ryback yeah. with a big show. Brian, like your Izzy point out, is a hobbit. Yeah. But then you changed it because you thought, oh, that might be Hobbits too many aren't cinemas. trolls, mate. They're not. It's... Get your fucking facts straight, mate. If you're going to come into this ring and talk that talk that noise, yeah? Get your facts can't, straight. Can't be talking mess about <laughs> so, using references you don't fucking understand, Dwayne. Don't be talking <laughs> fantasy mess in our house, yeah, Rock, okay? Not in this don't, house. don't come to this house with that look on your face. Whoever's champion at the Royal Rumble, Rock is getting a shot against. He's announcing, basically, that at the Royal Rumble, he is going to win. So that is the Rock's big announcement here. And again, much like them, you know pointing to Cena and Rock a year in advance there is a strength there I think in doing a year it's not a year but like having a long length of time yeah. so you got like around seven or eight months from here to the Rumble so the Rock is kind of going to be there in your memory and of course as the Rock said being back here forever and never going away what that means is if you think and go oh the Rock oh yeah I remember the Rock that's the same as being there yeah remembering him is it's a same. picture of him he is, is there Right now, us, we're making The Rock be real, you know? He's mm. he's like... Uh, it's like a child's Christmas wish. Exactly. We all have to believe it. Otherwise, yeah. The Rock, he'll just go back to Hollywood and make movies. And we don't want that now, do we? So, Brian gets really, really upset, like, uh, because Punk says it's going to be him. And he... <laughs> Punk turns to The Rock and goes, I'm going to beat you at the Royal Rumble like yeah. all dead serious and he generally got like polite applause like, yeah little golf clap look him there yeah sure you can hey I did really enjoy the bit though it's like such like conviction and emotion in Brian's voice when he says I swear I will be the champion at the Royal Rumble he is so obviously like when they're looking here and you think that Brian's meant to be here to be like a foil and to be made fun of and he comes off of this as being like he's got such strong character in this segment he comes off so fucking well and strong and he's like this was supposed to be my special day <laughs> I will be the champion whatever so I do so melodramatic like no one ever does anymore where they're like I swear if it's the last thing I do I'm fucking winning that belt like no matter what it takes I can't remember but did like did Brian and Punk even have a feud between this and the Rumble. Yeah, they did. I know they had their one really great match at Over the Limit. They had a couple of matches around this time, yeah, but this was like, you know, there wasn't going to be anything with with Punk after that. In retrospect as well, The Rock turning to Daniel Bryan and saying, you can't be the face of the WWE. 
and like you because he looks like a homeless lumberjack banged on umpa lumpa and then just knowing what we know now yeah is just like so fucking it just made me laugh so much like it's kind of funny when you think about rest of 28 when they're, when they're kind of like yeah this is totally our plan was it your plan as well then to have the rock who's super popular and meant to be fucking baby bury face, him. to bury him and like bury him with the critique that it was alleged that you had him sure rest of 28 was a part of the plan sure it was some say that uh, triple h is the architect of the yes movement yeah. uh billy I don't know if you know that. And to finish it all off, he gives a rock bottom to Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Yeah. Kill him, this stupid idiot. Vintage rock. Yes. <laughs> Who do you want to see the rock face for the championship at the Royal Rumble? Hashtag rock punk. Hashtag rock Bryan. Or hashtag rock show. <laughs> As in the big show. Big show. <laughs> Why? I want to see the rock show. <laughs> I had a great time at the pop concert last night. They did a rock show at this. Coming out next, it's another random, unnecessary appearance. Massive waste. What a waste. What a waste. One of the best moments of my career was when I won the first Intercontinental Championship against one of the greatest superstars that ever lived. Mr. Perfect. Oh, no kidding. It's an honor for me to be here tonight for the 1,000th episode of Monday Night Raw and to introduce to you the two participants in tonight's Intercontinental Championship match. First, I want to introduce the Intercontinental Champion, Christian. Well, you recall last week on Monday Night Raw, the WWE Universe got Raw active and made their voice heard when they voted for the Intercontinental Championship to be defended live tonight here on the 1,000th episode of Monday Night Raw. And his opponent, The Miz. You can see why Austin wasn't here tonight. Yeah. Because Austin was offered a Brett or a Foley spot, and he Absolutely. probably... Yeah, Austin didn't want to be on a show where you've got The Rock being up here yeah. and then he's like fucking coming out introducing Christian versus The Miz. What a waste of Bret Hart. I've never heard, um, it like, just made me laugh so much, the Bret's conviction when he says, The Miz. <laughs> that made me laugh though. Because <laughs> he does it, he gives Christian a bit of something. He does, yeah. I mean, he goes, and his opponent... The Miz. The reason he did that, and this is, of course, Brett always taking his shit so seriously, is because him and Miz had a match for the US belt where Brett actually beat him for the belt mm. when Brett had his little weird run yeah, you know, really the year weird. previously. So he was doing that because he was like, oh, I feuded with The Miz, so I meant to, you know, in kayfabe, I hate The Miz. Like the way he's still wary around Jerry Lawler at this time as well, even though Jerry's a face. They so I like that. They don't make reference to it on commentary, though. So like, if you if you don't know that... You just think that, like, Brett's a fucking... Brett is just, like, not good at his job. Yeah, that Brett can't do anything. <laughs> like, Brett's rubbish, which yeah. is what I got. Which is what, because I didn't know about the whole thing with him and The Miz. Just don't have Brett do that, like, you know? Like, have him... Brett's a fucking miserable prick at the best of times. Like, bring him out now to introduce Christian and The Miz. What do you think you're going to get out of him? They've got a higher rating than him on the fucking game. It's He's going to fucking, fucking rag about it. <laughs> When Miz comes out, Jerry Hall goes, 18,000 fans just sat down. No, they didn't, though. They remained seated. There's a difference. No yeah. one stood up. <laughs> this match is so, like, this is like a match in net. It's such a 
non-match, yeah. a match in name only. Standard action. I don't like Christian's gimmick of the clappy hands. I love Christian as a wrestler, but when Christian went through this whole time, coming going, oh yeah, clap, clap. It's just, you no. If it's people a are going to clap, it's, it's a bit, contrived. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a bit smarky. It's like, please clap for me. I don't yeah. like it. I, I just don't feel... If he's a heel going, yeah, everyone start clapping, whatever. But... Piss poor storytelling as well. Yeah. Like Christian injuring his leg, then repeatedly jumping off the top rope. What the, the st- fuck are you doing? No, the storyline here is Christian's an idiot. Yeah. A boring idiot. That's basically what you meant to take away from this. Miz reverses Christian's spear. They do some, you know, standard reversy stuff, but everyone goes for the finisher. Skull crushing finale. I fucking hate the skull crushing it's finale. It's a low impact, like, King of Soft fucking style. Hell. Like. It's called the, what was the fucking MVP one? The Overdrive? Yeah. Fucking hell. Skull crushing finale. Like, the problem with it is that no one can, you can't do, you just lie flat It's just a down. flop. Yeah, you can't, like, go, ooh, looking stupid. Like, there's no good way to take no. it. Or VD couldn't, like, take this move and make it look yeah. killer, you know? So it's it's low impact in that sense. So, yeah, Miz just wins, and that's Miz's first Intercontinental Championship. What a dull, nothing match. Yeah. I hated how much they struggled with the Intercontinental belt at this point in time. I just don't understand it. Because they've got, they've got like, obviously not near as good as people have they have on the roster now. And like, but they had but such got, a big mid-card, surely. Big roster, yeah. Like, just fucking do something. It's full of guys who they're never going to put past the Intercontinental title level. Yeah. So you think at least that Intercontinental title level, seeing as Wade and Dolph and Miz and Kofi and Christian and fucking everyone is never going to go above that level and Cody and Damien. Surely you're going to have a bit of fun there yeah. with that. But no, it's always like dreadfully boring. Back again, Charlie Sheen. He's got a new hat. Yeah. So you can remember the plug that he's meant to do. They are building now to a match that is never going to happen. He's like, oh, that Daniel Bryan. I think maybe I should have a match with that Daniel Bryan. You know something's gone wrong when Charlie Sheen is giving out about Daniel Bryan's treatment of women. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, they've missed... there's proper pot call in the kettle black. Here, isn't <laughs> I think it? there like... is like, you know, I think there's a, a massive issue at play here. Triple H comes out. He was in the uh, earlier segment, and he comes out again in the same clothes. Big, big old face on him, though, this time. And he's Jer- not smiling. He's not, he's no. Scowl. He's scowling. And Jerry goes, he's back. Yeah, he was out here earlier. It's like, <laughs> he was 60 minutes ago. That doesn't deserve a break. He's still here. Yeah, like, if that was, like, if we hadn't seen him an hour ago... Yeah, then maybe. This is the first time he's been back since his injury. How come, not, like, though. The Rock, his first appearance in, like, four months, and they they don't go, he's back, but Triple H is his first appearance in over an hour. He's yeah. back! I, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure as well, because I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to lose... I'm trying to have track of my mind of when I saw Raw, but it was during the Lesnar... Triple H feud. Yes, you know, it would have been a few months after this because it's Team Hell No former in this time afterwards. So it would have been winter. At, this is summer. It would have been the winter of that, yeah. that time period. Yeah. And what I remember is Triple H pedigreeing Paul Heyman whilst Triple H was in a cast. Yeah. <laughs> is what I remember. <laughs> well, Triple H has got a lot of arm troubles because of Brock Lesnar, you see. And uh, we had a recap of Brock brocking Triple H's arm. And oddly, or truth consoling him. So weird. Like, truth going, and or truth is like, are you truth, okay? Like, my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> so Triple H is like, earlier on, we had some fun, but now I'm calling your ass out. The attitude there was all fun and games. 
now it's time for real business. So out comes Paul Heyman, who is, I might say, looking very well indeed. Very yep. slim, looking looking awesome. And again, I would very much like to push that I think Netflix should hire him to play Vice Principal Nero in season two of a series of unfortunate events. Did you like book season five. one? Uh, very much so. Yeah, good one. Hated book I hated the first two episodes, thought they were shit. Enjoyed the very the rest a lot. Oh well there you go. Paul Heyman for Nero. Hashtag yeah. that folks. Paul Heyman for Nero, okay? <laughs> Paul Heyman comes out and uh, Triple H says, I wanted the horse's heads, not the horse's ass. That's appalling. You know that phrase, hey, I want the horse's heads. Not the horse's ass. What? The-, the only way that could be sa- that could sound good is if someone like Larry David is saying it. Imagine Larry David saying that. I'd, I'd, I'd be that's a funny line. That's a good. That's a good writing. Head. That's good writing, Larry David. This is not good writing here. If it's being delivered by Triple H. I wanted the gift horse so I could look it in the mouth, not the the ass of the yeah. gift horse. Fuck off! <laughs> it's terrible. Triple H really actually in this segment, I love how Heyman kind of, he points out the absurdity of a lot of Triple H's character because he's like, Heyman runs rings around He does, Triple H's like, I thought he's the next big thing, the beast, not the little boo-boo boy. He's like, we call him names, like, he's a fucking, he's he's an actual athlete. Heyman makes him look like a child. Yeah. And like, Heyman mentioning best for business as well. I forgot about best for business. Oh, yeah flooded me with memories of hearing that 20 times a week for three fucking years. You know, this, this is literally foreshadowing because yeah. they're using the phrase best of business when he's a face here now and they have been using that like for the last year or so. So, my goodness, can you believe the one time WWE does foreshadowing and it's for the fucking authority storyline, of course. like Triple H tries to slap the mic out of Heyman's hand <laughs> but Heyman doesn't let go of it. <laughs> he waits two seconds and just sort of... Just you know it's kind of like if there was like a real like cool kid like at a family gathering and he's got like magic cards and the fun uncle's like oh I'm gonna take him away and the kid's like no you're not and he's like oh you know look like a fool that's what you look like here. you look like a stupid rubbish grown up trying to stop someone better than you doing something fun Paul lulls at Triple H for his lame attacks on Brock Lesnar and as soon as he mentions his kids He's like, you know, the sins of the, the of the children will be uh, the sins of the father will be visited upon by the sins of the children, and then Steph comes out like looking like a total badass. Like. I've never seen her neck look so long. I don't know what's happened here. She's like turning into a flamingo. <laughs> the way they have Steph coming out here, like literally, like she's the fucking the the biggest badass ever. Can someone please have like Dan the B Seven coming up? <laughs> Steph McGregor doing She's gonna fuck him up like Stephanie McMahon here with like a promo that I assume was written into Heyman's contract. You can come back as long as Steph gets to say this to you on live TV. Ooh, it's cutting. I really want to make things personal. Let's call what these lawsuits are really all about because they're not about Brock Lesnar, they're about you. They're about you masking your failures as a businessman. Your failures at WCW, your failures at ECW, and your failures at WWE. You call yourself a visionary? When it comes to my father, Vince McMahon, you're just looking in the rear view mirror. 
Daddy? We're gonna talk about Daddy now? Shut up! At least my daddy had the guts a few years ago to step in the ring with my husband, which is more than I can say for Brock Lesnar. At least my kids will be proud of their father and their grandfather, unlike your children, Paul, because your children are ashamed. They're ashamed of you. They're ashamed to be your children because they know that their father is nothing more than a professional parasite. Your failures in WCW, your failures in ECW, your inability to be a success in this business, you'll always be a failure. Your children are ashamed of you as you're a professional parasite. And then she slaps him as soon as she says all that. Whoa! And then Paul's like, yo, we've got the match. And they're basically, what they're doing here is they're saying that not only were Steph and Triple H cool because they said all this mean shit to Heyman, they're also cool because they tricked Heyman into giving them the match. I don't think they tricked him. As he as he goes as he goes into it and he says, "Oh, and you get everything that you asked for, oh. don't you? Don't you, Stephanie? Well, this is what you get. This How is what you get. Brock Lesnar. Your fantasies can never be quenched, you freaking fricks." <laughs> Brock Lesnar appears. They brawl. Steph, like this is after Steph is like literally spears Heyman yeah. like and is taking him down to the ground like what an unnecessary fucking thing to do and Triple H clears Brock from the ring here like yeah. I guess the original take was Stephanie was going to press slam Brock out of the ring on top of Heyman but obviously they went with this instead I mean I see what they're doing here but like People are always going to resent like Steph be- being booked in these like I'm so fucking cool like like Vince always knew, and Shane always knew, that there had to be the kind of, as the authority figure, as the big man, you have to kind of be the butt of the joke, in a sense. You can't be like, yeah, I'm cool, I'm a badass. In, like, the last ten years, Steph's never, like, done the job. She's never, like, been made, like, yeah, she fucking fell into a pool of point. I don't think that's her fault. No, but it's like, I'm not saying she's doing it because she's like, oh, make sure I look really cool. It's just that... They always put in these situations where she's like meant to be like the fucking the realest one in the room, like, like oh, no one's like quite as cool or as badass as Steph. Like I just I can see where all this resentment for Steph's character comes from when you see segments like this where she's like fucking beating people up and yeah. like dropping the mic, all this cool when, last word. When she like, fucking beat Bree at like SummerSlam. Mm, same shit as well, yeah. yeah. She's never really like been like and you look at Vince fucking always got his comeuppance. Stephanie never, ever, ever does. And it gets a bit much after a while. We get some more tights. Kofi in his funeral suit, being a company guy. Can you do a few tights for us, Kofi? Because you only got three in, and two of them are for Chris Benoit in the Hall of Fame, and we can't really air (laughs) those. Are there any any female fans who, uh, like, tout? Or is it just, like, dudes? Yeah, it's just dudes. (laughs) Are there any female fans out there at all? No, stop asking. Oh, Jesus, this was funny. Which WWE 13 fantasy match would you like to see? We had uh, Cena and Austin, of course, winning the poll here. Mm-hmm. What I liked particularly about this poll was that you also had Andre the Giant versus The Big Show. 
but there wasn't an Andre the Giant character in the game, so they did basically the worst creator wrestler ever. Jesus. It's like the default one made big. Why would you even <laughs> fucking do that? I don't know. Like, W13 literally has loads of Attitude Era guys. You yeah. can have loads of people. You can have your pick of the lot. Like It's the game that helped make this podcast a reality. It is. Val Venus licking his thumb covered in blood. That's, yeah. the, that's the seed of the Attitude Era podcast right there. Austin McMahon video package. I like that they did this. Yeah. This uh, is what they should have been. Like, this is what, like, the Attitude Era was. It wasn't fucking Triple H and the rest of DX. This was, like, the crux of, like, the Attitude Era. It wasn't everything in it, like we said in the, in the run of the podcast itself. It was the heavily, the main part of it. It's the main part of it, and also it's the bit that got new people in. Yeah. This got... Fans in who never watched wrestling before and have never watched wrestling since. And no one else in the Attitude Era, other than The Rock, could probably claim that. Mm. I really think that even though they gave us this its own video package, and like they just kind of they made it out with this video package, like it was an important part of Raw. I think it really should have been established that this was the most fucking important part of Raw. As good as well, you know it's important to talk about here because you got an expert insight and analysis from Maria Menounos yeah. talking about all their favourite Steve Austin and uh, Vince McMahon moments. And we get to see the clip of the beer truck, which is essentially Del Boy falling through the bar for the Attitude Era generation. I meant Trigger pulls the face. <laughs> Santino, Morella, and Hornswoggle with Mattel's new brawling buddies. There's a kid who gets given a shameless one. I look so fucking upset. <laughs> I wanted Rey Mysterio. I want that little Randy, the little surly Randy yeah, little one. Randy that looks one, so sorry. fucking amazing. I love it. Oh, fucking hell. They do so many plugs in these three hours. Yeah. It's like they knew that they were getting like lots of eyes here tonight. And they did. They did a bigger rating for this than most Raws that they had done in recent memory. This kind of goes on for a bit, them circling around the ring. Howard Finkel, he's there too. And as soon as you get even a glimpse of him, Cole goes, I hope he doesn't cry. Yeah, that prick. What are you going to do? Are you going to cry? Are you going to get emotional? You're baby. You should, you're lucky we even let you out here. Yeah. You are, if we had our way, you'd never have been on Raw in the first place. You monster Howard Finkel. Heath Slater versus Leith Tater. Brackets Lita. So, Heath Slayer with the gimmick that essentially made me fall in love with Heath Slayer. Yes, absolutely the same. I, I loved this feud. I forgot this feud existed until this moment. I always thought he was a dink up until this moment. Mm. NXT, Nexus, Core, I thought, this lad is generic, he's shite, he looks like a fucking goof, and he takes himself too seriously. And then you've got Heath Slayer calling out inexplicably and by mistake all these legends Vader DDP Doink Bob Backlund I loved all these segments fucking Sid Sid that was amazing you know I thought Heat Slater was given an opportunity here and I think honestly this storyline here and this thing that he did this basically guaranteed him a job yeah absolutely for, not necessarily for life but this firmly established him as here's your comedy yeah. job guy. Yeah. He will make anyone look good and be anyone's fall guy. And you need guys like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, him saying, Bellman, ring the bell, <laughs> makes me laugh so hard. The one person who used tout that I loved was Heath Slater. Because mm. Heath, every week before Raw, before he would have his confrontation with a legend, he would tout himself driving in his like, pickup truck going, I'm on my way to Raw and it's going to be different. Hey Slater, baby, I'm going to win tonight. Woo! 
And then, like, afterwards, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it didn't go so good. So bad. Like, I Slayer using Tay, like, really, you know, aggressively. I thought it was so funny. So, Lita comes out. Big pop, big yeah, reaction big for Lita. Pop, big pop. She's looking fucking incredible as well. Yeah. Seeing as she's been out of the ring for a long, long time, because Lita had retired at this point yeah. for a range. Jeez, we're in three or so years. I'm, I'm still holding out that she's going to make some sort of little run again mm, coming back. I don't think she so. will. I think if they're going to do it, they should wait until it's going to be the most possible money and the biggest possible yeah. match. And I think both of them are probably sitting waiting for that. Because like the happen. whole Mickey James thing was supposed to be Trish until Trish found out she was pregnant. If yeah, correct. and they. And I think that would have been maybe been a bit of a waste of Trish. Yeah, no, I think so. I'm glad. But I'm glad that Mickey James is doing really well for herself. Absolutely, yeah, I've been really enjoying her run. It's something you know that we've talked about here. Um, you know, look at these 2012 and 13 shows and 11 is just the turnover of women and yeah. like kind of the short shelf life so it's awesome to see Lita back here looking awesome getting a big reaction and Michael Cole runs immediately going ha remember when she married Kane yeah I do now I remember all the other stuff that happened yeah. remember what happened after that it don't, wasn't my fault don't make me think of <laughs> fucking Gene Sitsky kicking a baby into the fucking crowd I don't need that in my life Bellman, ring the bell indeed. But Leah says she's got a little protection for tonight. And now comes the APA. The fucking pop. Love us. It. It's it's quite possibly the pop of the night. Yeah, it is. Even more so than The Rock, because everyone knew The Rock was going to be there. But fucking Bradshaw and Farouk being there. It's fucking awesome. hell. Fucking hell. I absolutely loved it. And all the legends get Heath when he comes out. I like how the legends are all like, yeah. kind of like, I imagine Heath has a recurring nightmare about like growing old and obscure and not useful in wrestling anymore. And people like Psycho Sid and Vader are going, it'll happen to you too. You'll get sore <laughs> knees. <laughs> no. So, so who was there in the end? We had the APA, Lita, Doink, Sid, Vader, Rikishi, Road Warrior Animal, yeah. Bob Backlund, yeah. Sergeant Slaughter, Rowdy Roddy Piper was there Ooh. as well. Was Jim Duggan skills. there? Jim Duggan was there as well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was just about there. Which doink was it? Not actual doink. Bite ninth doink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this night's doink. Billy, Billy, let's rephrase our question. Does it even matter? No, it doesn't. It doesn't, does it? Sick clothesline from hell. One of my all-time oh. faves. Heath going right up on his fucking... In, into the high reaches there with that one. Love it. Moonsault from Lita. Lita wins. Vintage Lita. Vintage APA. Vintage Legends. The long wait of Ron Simmons saying damn made my toes curl because I know what was coming and I've said it before like I I really don't like it I think they ruined they keep... the segment because what they did was they had him grab the mic and there was a big feel good pop after the, the moonsault and the pit and all the legends yeah. and then it was like they waited too long to do they, it. They if, lost he, it if he did it straight away fine but it's a fact there's like 15 seconds of him going to say it and then not saying it. And during that time, if you like me, you just saw Bob Backlund there wearing a t-shirt that says wrestling and wearing little yeah. blue pants and you're just kind of drawn into his soul. Yeah. And now I'm trapped there and I resent you for that, Ron Simmons, for doing that, for trapping me in Bob Backlund's eyes. How dare you? I will say though, even though they lost him at the end with that far too long pause... This is like one of the best ways to use Legends ever. I loved it. Yeah. This was better than the time they had Rob Conway come out and do exactly the same thing. And Dusty Rhodes got all upset and said, How dare you crack whip 
With Arn Anderson. <laughs> How dare you crack whip at the table that these legends set for you. So this was better than that indeed. Sean Mooney. Who? Yeah, who, who, who's he? Sean Mooney? <laughs> I mean, it didn't help matters that Cole and Jerry were like, who's he? We don't know. You know, Sean Mooney was the backstage interviewer during the early 90s, back mm. even in the Hogan era. He was a pivotal part of wrestling and... Whatever about the women, the backstage announcers, they sure get forgotten very quickly. Yeah. Unless you go and you bring ESPN into the fold like coach. There's no room for any of the old announcers. So I was really happy to see Sean Mooney there. Looking great. Sounding exactly as he used to. Mm. There's a fucking old hand you can whip out now and then to do nostalgia stuff. Sean Mooney. He's interviewing Daniel Bryan. Who is uh, furthering his storyline for a match that's not going to happen. Yeah. Hashtag winning. Kane comes out. He's interrupted by the job squad. The blokes. The lads. Them, yeah. They're not even lads or blokes. They're just participants. Jinder does a, uh, a little promo, which is just amounts to, we haven't been booked tonight. <laughs> I like as well that they came out. Tell me this isn't the reason. I dare anyone to tell me. The reason they came out to Jinder's promo was like, oh, there's some kind of Middle Eastern saying and shit at the start of that. That'll get people to boo. I, I would not that be surprised. That is totally the reason. Like, I I couldn't even write down, like... Because they was, like... Because in the end, it was Camacho... Can you can you name Job Squad 2K13? Right, so Jinder Mahal. Yep. Camacho. Yeah, oh, very good. You got Camacho, which uh, is a chilled soup, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's a gazpacho. <laughs> <laughs> Unico. Yeah. Sin Cara Negro. Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. You're missing one. It's... I, I remember them saying his name and then but even when they you, said his name and I looked at him and I was like I have no clue who this man is like I've told whatsoever. you on this podcast already who this man is and he it obviously didn't stick it's Tyler Rex it is yes very I, good I have no idea who he is I remember them saying his name as Tyler Rex I was just like that means nothing to me Tyler Rex um, was one of the ECW new superstar initiative lads who was brought in from, you know, FCW. He was given a gimmick of, I like, you know, avocado rolls and sushi, and I also like to surf, hence my dreadlocks. Tell you what, to look at him, and if I was asked to describe what gimmick he has... I would have said th- exactly that. Then they just had to be a tough bad guy and him and Kurt Hawkins formed like a job or tag team of heels mm. who, you know, tried really hard to get over but, you know, you're not going to get over in, in ECW or NXT no. or whatever it was. So, yeah, it was uh, not... I mean, yeah, these lads have not been... Not that they haven't been booked well, they haven't been booked. No. <laughs> you know? Taker gone goes off. No rush on him. You know, slowly makes his way to the ring. First appearance of the Undertaker since WrestleMania 28. Yeah, he's got to he's got to set the tone here. Go how how mystical and, and mysterious the oh, Undertaker Billy, is. Oh, you know what happens here, don't you? Yeah, he he, he tries to take his hood off and it doesn't work. Does it? It doesn't work because his hood gets hooked on nothing. It's he so just can't strange. take off a hood because he's an old man who he can't do things. <laughs> <laughs> when you're old certain things go like yeah. the, the knees the eyes the ability to take a hood off yeah. he does it all the grace and poise of me coming out of a shower trying to do the Mr. Perfect towel taunt it, with a big L towel like. it's like a dog coming out of a river <laughs> like, like him getting off like <laughs> put a wet towel on a dog don't but if you did this is what would happen yeah. they'd try and get it off with, with problems and to cover for him he's there kind of shaking it off oh, it's in my eyes stop Michael Holmes goes, you are looking at a legend. 
Who they can't left. get his robe off. I'm still so surprised they left that cut in. Does that, like, you like, you'd think, like, like, you'd think like, they'd, they'd change that around when they put it on the network and have all the stuff. Change it around, because it's so fucking embarrassing. It got really quiet when they bet the jobbers down. Because no one gives a fuck. Like, Who gives a fuck about the Brothers of Destruction beating up Tyler X and Kurt Hawkins? I mean, it's a spot that everyone likes to see, which is... You know, Taker and Kane. Taker Kane beating up lads. Yeah. Is it because the lads are so like it's so, so down? Like it's so obviously. Look, and he does the move now, and there you are. That's the Undertaker. It made him look like kind of we're wheeling you out, like almost. Well, yeah, that's why I think it, it it feels so by the numbers of like literally this Raw One Thousand has one task that it wants to do, and it does it in the last. 45 seconds yeah. to a minute of the, of the, of the yeah, show. Yeah. Everything else is completely superfluous. They don't c- care about storytelling. They just they just like the idea that it's Raw 1000. What are some big names we can get? We don't want to progress any stories. We don't, want to, we don't care about the guys who were there week in, week out on the main roster. What can we do with The Undertaker? What can we do with all these legends? What can we do with The Rock? Well, what you should be doing with the legends, particularly legends like Kane who are still wrestling, because someone would watch that and be like, oh, Kane, yeah, I yeah. watched Kane when I was a kid. Highlight Kane, like what's Kane up to at the moment? What kind yeah. of things are you doing with him? So you can kind of go, oh, actually, the wrestler I watched as a kid is still wrestling, doing something interesting. Like, let's see it. Do do packages. Yeah, yeah. Like when Kane comes out, have a, like a little like forty second package of like Kane since his debut to now, and just instead, like little uh, things, like it's nothing. We get the choke slam and the tombstone in stereo, and they get a little, they get a round of applause. Look, another little golf clap. <laughs> Was, uh, I was hoping for a second that they were going to turn around and choke slam each other at the same time, which is something I've like. I know it's impossible, but I want to what see. What's going to go? Bruh. Yeah, a, a double choke slam on each other. You know what's really bad is that they get the little hey, and then all of a sudden it's this, this is awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. That was the begged for, begged for. This is awesome. This is awesome chance. So sad. No wonder <laughs> Lads, if it's awesome, why are you so quiet? <laughs> it's because you don't want to wake dads, is that it? <laughs> dad's up there in the corporate box. This is awesome. Taker and Kane look around a little bit. The sexual tension here. Very much Fucking so. hell, the way that they look at each other. You could cut it. With a knife, like. Oh, fucking hell. You can cut it with a hard knob. Right there. <laughs> they each other as well, right? And then it goes all... And all dark. And Cole goes, The dark days are back. Next Undertaker appears, March 4th, 2013. <laughs> seven months later. The intermittent dark days punctuated with seven month breaks are back, Billy. And that's why he just turned up for the punk feud, wasn't it? When yeah. he came back, yeah. Be a star spot. Steph talking about bullying after telling Heyman that his children are disappointed in him because he's a professional parasite. Double standards. Like, people like Steph and their characters, people like The Miz, should not be at these rallies no. because it does a fucking disservice to the charity 
and to what you're trying to promote. You can't have your cake and eat it. I think with Steph, it's so funny because they're like, hands up here, who's ever had experience of, of being bullied? I'm pretty sure Steph was like, oh yeah, I bullied loads of people. Yeah. God, I've bullied... Look at that one even, there. I, just earlier, I've got, I can bully one now. Yeah. Which of these ones here do you want me to bully? These these children, I can bully them proper. And as we've dis- discussed before, Seamus, great person to have as yeah. your beer star campaign. Absolutely, person. absolutely. The Miz should not be there. You need like I, Mark Henry. Uh, Mark Henry there. Kid, like little kids aren't going to look at the news and be like, "Oh, the bad guy from TV." You know, yeah. you know, keep it fucking simple. Honestly, you're... you want you you want your your fiery baby faces. You want your Mysterios. You you know. You want fucking John Cena there. You want Cena. Cena. You know, not fucking... but he's not going to go there. Cena's new be a star. He's yeah. in the small towns. <laughs> <laughs> back to Charlie Sheen. He's got the same hat. I was disappointed. I thought we'd get three for three. We're going to take it back to Los Angeles now. Where we're by Charlie. Charlie Sheen, who has been with us all night long. I know he's having a blast, but Charlie, I've got to return to what Daniel Bryan said just a few moments ago, and I'm going to bring the quote forward now. He said that you needed life management, and he also said, Daniel Bryan did, that he will, quote, slap the yes lock on you faster than you can say winning. Your response to that? There's a reason I'm drinking a shake, because I'm going to shake this fool so hard that his fake beard is gonna fall off and you're gonna see losing written under those baby cheeks. Let me just say this. Uh, yeah, I did hear what Goatface had to say, but here's the deal, guys, and Goatface. Um, tell Daniel I'm not hard to find. Next time he's in LA, uh, I'd be happy to meet him, I don't know, in the ring, in my house, his house, whatever. I'm not hiding. Wait a minute, Charlie, are you challenging Daniel Bryan to a match? I'll let Daniel interpret it any way he wants, or we should get him an interpreter to figure it out. Well, Charlie, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, and uh, you've been great tonight. We've had so much fun. Enjoy the rest of the show. So Cole recaps the segment with Daniel Bryan, seemingly because Charlie clearly didn't fucking watch it. He's just going back to you porn every time he's not Skyping. And they really are fanning the flames. Yeah, he's going to shake his fake beard off. Yeah. Is Charlie talking about SummerSlam? It's like, it's like, he's gets so excited for himself. Like, calm down, Cole. It's not happening. Are you challenging, Char- Charlie Sheen challenging Daniel Bryan to a match? Yeah, you know, like the way you challenged Jim Carrey to a match that one time and then never did. Yeah. Lol, Sheen and Rourke forming the new Hollywood tag team. <laughs> Hollywood no-show, not making their way to the ring, safe at home in their respective manners. Cole hype SummerSlam on the basis... That it's going to be Brian and Sheen. Yeah. And Brian was told you're going to be wrestling Charlie Sheen. This is going to be cross-promotional for anger management. All the anger management segments with Dr. Shelby, all that stuff with Team Hell No. That was meant to be a crossover thing with Sheen. It was going to be huge. And actually, as well as those segments went so well later on, we'll talk about them when we do our Rumble episode in a bit more detail. Um, I'm glad Sheen wasn't in them because they don't need them. They didn't need... They don't, like... Just the guy playing Shelby alone is like, and just with Kane and and Brian themselves, those three had such a chemistry together. You didn't need anything else. Absolutely, I think Sheen. Like, it's so funny that this is the second time now where they've like basically hyped a SummerSlam match, which never happened. The other time was Umaga and Jackass. That was another big oh, one. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, oh, this, they're big. Hell. They're big on these SummerSlam matches that are never going to happen. Ah, it's seven months from now. It'll be okay. And I'm still surprised the thing with Stephen ML happened. Yeah, I'm like, I was half. Ex- I was going all the way through. Well, this isn't going to happen, and it fucking did. Happen. <laughs> it did. It's way it wasn't, for it to not happen. W- like. w- wasn't great, but it happened. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah it's like it him, certainly uh, happens Charlie Sheen and Mickey Rourke going yeah wrestling's lame like mm. high five <laughs> coming up next main event John Cena cashing in his money in the bank contract against CM Punk John Cena is the first superstar in history to give advance warning of cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase. Not a clever idea. Except for Rob Van Dam, but he doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> Not a clever idea. How so? Well, because I think the whole thing about the, the Money in the Bank briefcase is it's kind of like a, it's a heelish thing to do. It is, isn't it? And even if you are a face, it's a, the, the way it's always been used is the heel champion or the face champion has been beaten down come in and take advantage. I mean, I was just happy to see this be a different fucking Money in the Bank because this is when they got to the point where there was two Money in the Banks every year yeah. and you were seeing the same story twice every year and at least we got a little bit of relief with this. It just, you know. it just makes it feel like the um, that the briefcase doesn't feel as much yeah. that, it's, that it's telegraphed to this degree. Yeah. It's been, like, just think about some of the great cash-ins, you know, like with Rollins at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when Dolph Ziggler cashed in on Del Rio. Kind of feels like they're giving up the on a story here. Which is of, like, fucking yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it, it's 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 a device. It's like for an instant pop. Mm. It's a pop-creating de- device. Of Someone like, else could have used it other than, than Cena, basically. Yeah. yeah. Cena didn't need it. Yeah. It's Cena, so you can Cena can just ask for a fucking ma- match and he'll get it. So, big fight feel here to start things off. CM Punk gets a good pop. Yeah. I will say he does not guess I'm the top guy pop. Cena gets that pop. Yeah. Big pop for Big big Pop John. <laughs> big Pop John. <laughs> big Pop John. Like, he gets his... Like, this is the thing with Cena. He gets boos and mixed cheers, but he gets, like, when he wins, when he comes out, it's, it's bam. Yeah! Big reaction. Yeah, the top it's guy. like, even even the people who go on to, like, Cena sucks chant him later, like, you can hear those people are still going fucking mental Absolutely. when he comes out. And as soon as the match comes out, they straighten their shirts and then start chanting Cena sucks. And then they straighten their shirt, find speech, and yeah. then they go back to <laughs> Big poo, big poo, big boos for Big Pop John. Big boos for Big Pop John, but it's not as if they're giving Punk a reaction, you know? It's, again, I said this before, let's go Cena, Cena sucks, not let's go Cena, CM Punk. That there is a, we, we do get that a bit later on. A bit on. later on, but the focus is always early on, is people mm. are just talking about Cena, thinking about Cena. He keeps having answers for Punk's offense. They're really playing off here like that these lads have wrestled a few times. Punk has gotten the upper hand so many times. So Cena's kind of like evolving as a wrestler. I like when you have guys you wrestle over and over again, but they've told a story Mm. over that kind of period of time. I was uh, really hoping this was that amazing match they had. I can't remember if it was on pay-per-view where they did the pile driver. Yeah, that that was before the next WrestleMania. It was Punk versus Cena for the championship. Was that that a pay-per-view or was that Raw? No, that was a Raw. It was yeah. Punk versus Cena for who gets to face the Rock at WrestleMania, right. basically. And that's a fucking... I, thought, I was hoping that that was this match. But that's no, yeah. an amazing match. Out of all their matches, this is probably their weakest, to be honest. This is such a fucking non-entity. Yeah, it's it's kind of like... It, it, it's, it's a backdrop to something else. Yeah. It's not about this match, really. The GTS gets reversed into the attitude adjustment, but we get a ref bump. Big Slow slithers to the ring on a trail of ooze. Big Show, Big Spears, Big Pop John. Big Show Spears is so fucking shit. It is. <laughs> so, and then he does uh, the KO bop to Big Pop John. Yeah. Like, he gives it right in his face. 
So you've got Cena knocked out, and then you got Punk contemplating, hesitating. Oh, am I going to pin him? What am I going to do? He's out of the ring. In retrospect, I think it's kind of obvious that he's going to turn heel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him shaking his hand at the start, not something that Punk usually does. Mm. Punk, like, even though he was a face, Punk, I, don't, I think, was at the time, his character would be like... I've got to do what I've got to do. Exactly. I'll capitalize. Yeah. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be thinking about it. No. Punk's character, even as a face, would capitalize Absolutely. on someone being in that situation. In that situation, Absolutely. he would pin John. Yeah, I thought he was. He was uh, playing like he was trying to pull the wool over everyone's eyes here. So he gets the ref. He gets him in the ring. Cena kicks out at two. Great near fall. Goes for the GTS to put him away, but Cena gets the STF, and then Big Show just comes in again and DQs him, and it's yeah. like, I hate. I mean double interference like that like why do that I can see how people hate Cena coming off of this because it's again one of these situations where it's like you are kind of explaining boldly to everyone that the rules don't apply to Cena that apply to everyone yeah. else someone has come in has beaten him up has laid him out he still kicks out so yeah it's, oh you can't yeah. you know even an interference spot doesn't beat Cena let he, me show you why him. I can't be pinned yeah and I can see like all the while, while there were some of us like who were maybe coming around to Cena because he was putting on great matches. Mm. I think him and Punk was the first pairing where you were like, "This lad can fucking wrestle. He can fucking go." And yet they're still doing stuff like this, which is just making you think of Cena beating Nexus single-handedly or Cena yeah. beating everyone without any fucking sweat whatsoever. They know at this point that it's going to be Cena versus Rock at WrestleMania. Oh yeah, fucking take the pin. Yeah. Fucking so, take a This clean is meant pin. to be his worst year ever, by the yeah. way. We'll talk more about that when it comes to uh, take WrestleMania the fucking pin, John. Yeah. Seriously. Doing well for the worst year of his career. Give the rub to the fucking champion. <laughs> Never. Because <laughs> Punk really could deal with it. Like, yeah. You know, I really think he has enough Punk's to go on Punk's been so here. maligned over the past year in this. So, Big Show's working over John Cena. CM Punk is literally doing nothing. Rock comes out in his British Bulldog cosplay. Yeah. He is over at another level to everyone else in this show he has got the nostalgia and he's also actively doing things as opposed to just you know having little gimmicky spots like if you saw Undertaker and Kane laying out you know Big Show or whatever mm. people would have probably reacted more like this Rock has got the privilege of having the nostalgia and also he's in there with the top guys kicking ass like yeah. you know it's not like oh he's nostalgia in the nostalgia corner it's nostalgia hour it's like here's the Rock as you remember them, yeah, he's better than all these fucking geeks in the ring. He goes to the people's elbow and Punk clobbers him. GTS to the rock. Very nice GTS. A beautiful fucking GTS and an amazing finish to Raw 1000. For all its failings, Raw 1000, it ends on an awesome note there with Punk's heel turn firmly set up. No, he turned face there. because You got, reckon? He turned face there because like it's the exact same reason is Wrestlemania mm. The Rock's such a fucking prick I just want everyone to beat up the fucking Rock because I hate him so fucking much it's so funny Rock came off so much better on this show I think than he did against Cena mm. because when he was making fun of Brian and whatnot, it was like here's this little angry man and everyone mm. you know when he was doing it with John, it felt so petty because he was basically mocking him for having young fans so I think they've actually done a better job here at making Rock seem cooler and people were upset when Punk attacked The Rock here. It's not mm. as if he got the big pop. 
yeah. like you would have expected. I think it's just one of those things you've got to be able to view it out of context and that still have the same outcome. Yeah. And it doesn't. No, no. Yeah. So if if you this was literally the first time you watched wrestling and you saw everything that The Rock had done this night, you would see that The Rock has been a prick to everybody. Everybody he's been a prick to. He's been a prick to Punk. He's been a prick to Brian. Regardless of what your initial opinion is of whether Brian or Punk at this yeah, point yeah. time are face or heel. He's been a prick to them. He comes out again. Comes out for no fucking reason, really. Because his boy John Cena's been beaten down, Billy. And and then somebody attacks him. Yeah. You know, it's not... It's, it's the same thing that I said with uh, WrestleMania 17 with Austin's turn. Mm. It's not... As you as you were presented with it, it doesn't feel like Austin turns heel. It feels like Vince McMahon turns face, it's, <laughs> and it's the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I thought what was good about this though was that if you are going to set Punk and Rock for down the line, and Punk is turning heel here, they gave Punk all the kind of ammo he needed here, and the Rock all the ammo he needed to mm. kind of stay relevant and keep this on the back burner. What follows from here is a couple of rough months when you've got some injuries from Cena and from Punk and Young Ryback in a bit of a push before yeah. he's ready so you've got like some dark times coming including a fable Vince McMahon fuck it I'll wrestle punk on TV to get ratings and some of the best promos from punk absolutely ever. I will say though for it's failings Raw 1000 you can see that rock coming around is a short term thing if rock is there you'll get the rating if rock's yeah. not there even if there are rock storylines doesn't matter doesn't matter and I think you can't make the argument of Rock coming back for every it's better for everyone more eyes yeah. on the product yeah more eyes on the product when you're there and everyone but you looks like a fucking knob yeah. so I really thought that really this one really counterintuitive yeah I thought again you're, I left this Raw 1000 thinking god DX are fun Rock is cool Undertaker and Kane are badasses who's Tyler Rex who's fucking Christian Miz the lads in the six man tag everyone else who's out there sweating night in night out just came off as an afterthought mm. they didn't even get a time or energy to be buried so yeah Raw 1000 again shocked that you can have really fond memories of something from like four years ago and just be so wrong and so wrong so wrong maybe we were just too entrenched in WWE 13 maybe or it's just because at the time we thought it was good but we like just over, very slowly over the past five years wrestling's just become so much better so we haven't noticed it and you know what as well it's whatever you say about here in this fucking time period it's better than when it was at Wrestlemania 27 for yeah. fuck's sake Jesus Christ like, it's I'm, night and day improvement from there so maybe we just thought oh it is slightly better so it is great like imagine if we were imagine going back to 2015 right now yeah like, 2017 now we'd probably pick an episode of Raw or an episode of Raw which was like the most highest rated of the year We'd probably think it was shit. Yeah. Because it's true. just res wrestling is one of these things which just constantly evolves. So when you do a retrospective outside of something like the Attitude Era, it becomes very hard to show it in a positive light. Absolutely. Unless it's groundbreaking. Because I mean, Raw is not groundbreaking. I I'm sure like there's no there's no lack of issues with Raw and stuff currently, but it just shows you if you are really thinking that wrestling has been in this downward spiral for the last few years. It really has had major improvements. Yeah. And I mean, even with the way they use the part-timers now, you know, if you look how they use Brock, how they use Bill and stuff like that, they don't do this shit like no. nearly as much. They try and kind of keep them 
They're still guilty of it to a degree. To but, a degree, yeah. But nowhere near as bad as this. The pandering to fucking lapsed fans is shocking but yeah. again all those lapsed fans Billy they're just like you and me we just want to relive the Attitude Era vicariously through the architect of the Attitude Era Triple H yes. and Xbox <laughs> was there too well thanks very much for listening to this bonus episode of the Attitude Era podcast and as always if you're seeing on iTunes SoundCloud or on Stitcher make sure you leave us a little bit of a rating or review give us a follow Twitter at AE Podcast Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast what you should be doing is giving us a like there because Adam has been making mini videos not full on videos little yeah. clips from episodes past fucking churning them out churning them out it's unbelievable he's like a one man video factory those are available exclusively on our video library on facebook.com slash podcast and if you want to watch more long form videos vimeo.com slash podcast we've got a whole mess of classic ones being re-uploaded like Big Boss Man Behaving Badly Baromir Jerish Triple H in the cockpit as well as a host of new ones including clips from the Smackdown Crawl available on Patreon. If you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, why not head on over to botchamania.com. Stuff and things galore. Out the wazoo, as they say. At the wazock. And if you want to support the Attitude podcast, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. Become our backer, get access to some exclusive goodies, and help create the Attitude podcast. For $1, you get access to our entire back catalogue of show notes. All of Billy's, all of Adam's from all of the episodes are all up. Mine are being uploaded sequentially as I scan every mad notebook I've ever put them in. All available for a $1 backing. For $5, you get access to the Smackdown Crawl, where me and Adam review all of Smackdown. Starting all the way back in August of 1999. There are episodes available there. Immediately, as soon as you pledge, you get access to the back catalogue. If you a $10 backer, you get access to a monthly Q&A episode with myself. Or for $20, you can become Dan Severin and get all our commentary tracks for free and all future commentary tracks for free and merchandise discounted. Billy, let the people know about your amazing new podcast that you're doing with Alex. Uh, so I started a podcast a few months ago called The Squirmcast. You can follow us on Twitter at The Squirmcast. Basic premise is... We watch bad horror movies, like Ooh, yeah. proper, so bad they're good horror movies, and some in between they're just plain shite. <laughs> We're really enjoying making it. People seem to be enjoying it. So if you if you want to hear me talking about something which is probably equally I'm as passionate about as wrestling, which is horror, albeit shit horror, please <laughs> give it a listen. That is Squirmcast available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and all good podcasting outlets. Well, that's going to do it for this bonus episode of the Attitude Podcast. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Billy. And we'll see you next time on the Attitude Era Podcast. We're going to be looking at Royal Rumble 2013.